Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoop's World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is Wednesday, April 8th, 2015. And we and look at this. We got T-Bone in the house already. Yeah, I'm here before the <laughs> <laughs> Of course, Peter's here. And uh, our guest has already arrived, Greg Sabin. We're going to talk to him. He's, uh, he's an artist. Get a chance to chat with him. Uh, of course, we've got our Brewski segment. Uh, Anthony Davis will be calling in. be talking to him in a little while. And all the usual shenanigans are going on here, man. How's it going, guys? Sounds good. It's going good. And Greg, how you doing, man? Great. Good. Let's go. Yeah, we're going to be uh, chatting with him in just a bit. Uh, Peter, uh, I know uh, I was going to talk to you about this. Uh, you know, you were dodging. Is, isn't it funny? Because uh, two days ago, the, the weather was kind of sunny. It wasn't the warmest day, but it was sunny. It was clear. Sunny. Whatever. Cloud in the sky. Yeah, and then yesterday, like half the day was kind of, you know, decent. Then the clouds started rolling in, and then you went to the game, fast. and you got rain and yeah. cold, and then you wake up this morning and it's sunny again. I know. It was weird <laughs> stuff, man. Weird stuff. We showed up to the game. In fact, we're driving up to the game and uh it's like torrential i'm like this what this is weird you know i was like this late in the season that's a big storm and um like i knew for sure we'd be delayed but the funny thing was is we got we got just drenched just coming from the parking lot in and we got there about an hour early because we got little kids we like to go there and we eat and do the whole they like to usually shop and all that and we got drenched just getting into the ballpark but once we were in the ballpark we ate and then we went out uh, at our seats. Once the game started at 7.40, not a drop. Not a drop after that. It was the weirdest thing. It was like, we're in the car, it's torrential, and just we're in the parking lot, it's torrential. But once that game actually started at 7.40, which was about 30 minutes late, um, not a drop from then on. It, we, there was no drizzle. It wasn't one of those goofy, like, are they going to get the game in? No. Right. Apparently you saw a pretty pretty decent game. Pretty to good, until the ninth inning. Well, it depends if you're a Dodger fan or a Padre fan. Uh, but either way, Padres still have Yasmani Grandal. In the oh, he helped out. <laughs> he certainly helped out. My goodness. My goodness. My, my son and I have had this whole conversation. I'm like, one of the reasons the Dodgers made a lot of the trades they made was to improve their defense. Uh, they, so they got rid of Kemp with the theory of improving their defense. But... 
They got Grandal. That is his first game, so who knows? I'll give him a, I'll come a little slack, but uh, overall, it was a good game. Until that ninth inning, and of course, the Dodgers were missing their, uh, their closer, who's injured. Um, that might have made a big difference. Uh-huh. Uh, it might not have, because it was a tight score. Uh, but uh, Adrian Gonzalez, man, still the man. Still <laughs> consistent. Guy comes up, Dodgers are down, uh, bottom eighth, and just just crushed it, man. That, was like, that ball is gone. So, that was good. It was a good game. Overall, it was a good game. Good. Uh, didn't come out with the outcome, but uh, if, you, if you get to the ninth inning and it's tied, you probably watched a good game. Yeah, and it was. It was they get the, I, I checked the score. I, I was trying. To, I don't know where it is on TV. So I checked, <laughs> I checked the score. <laughs> I checked the score on my phone, and it was like one one in like the seventh or eighth. Mm-hmm. Then I checked it again. It was three three in the ninth. Yeah. And I'm like, oh look at that. Then I look back and it's seven. seven. <laughs> 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 yeah. Timo, how's your week, man? Oh, it's been great. Monday was a little rocky, but that's fine. You know. Yeah. The rest of the week has been smooth sailing. I uh, got some impromptu days off this week, so I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> impromptu or self-created? <laughs> uh, a little column A, a little column B. <laughs> I definitely really didn't fight for the right to work. <laughs> Yesterday, today, tomorrow, and Friday. You fought for your right to you. party, yeah. right? The Beastie Boys rubbed off on me. <laughs> it's all good, man. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, we'll introduce our guests and get that thing started. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. This is Pink Elephant, Careless Confusion. Back after this.
blood pressure is serious and if you think I'm just gonna keep ticking away you're wrong I can quit whenever I want but I like my job just treat me better maybe we can do some exercise on occasion after all we're in this together don't let your heart quit on you high blood pressure can lead to a stroke heart attack or death get yours to a healthy range before it's too late find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure a message from the American Heart Association the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council I'm in almost every school blessing classroom. I go to school with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the wall. You're listening to Swirl. Welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're happy to have as our guest tonight Greg Saban. He's an artist uh, originally from the Pacific Northwest, huh? That's right. Yeah. From Seattle. Yeah, one, mm-hmm. one of my favorite cities in all the world. Tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, you, obviously, you're from Seattle, and how, how you kind of got uh, started in, in, in art. With you know, in, well, my father uh, was an architect. He's yeah. still still alive, but uh, no longer practicing. So, as a kid, um, you guys were just talking about baseball, and instead of going to baseball games, we would go look at buildings, uh-huh. and that would be our Sunday afternoon. We would go check out buildings and, and especially buildings that he had designed um, and also in, in association to architects uh, I was always exposed to uh, Northwest artists so that was sort of my background and it's part of my DNA and it was heavily reinforced as a kid <laughs> and um, did you uh, did 
uh, now I know you paint, and you paint oils or acrylics, or what is your medium? I like to work with oil. Okay. Did you start off in oils, or? Um, yeah. Well, actually, I I got a a, a BFA degree from the University of Washington, mm -hmm. and um, I went to the Museum Art School in Portland when I got out of high school, and I got exposed to clay. Mm -hmm. And so I was involved with clay for a long time, doing more sculptural sort of things, and had uh, a lot of success in my early 20s with my clay work. But I always still painted. Yeah. Well, you 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 messed around with clay a little bit, didn't you? Just uh, just enough to know that I I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The, the, the clay thing sort of became a spiritual thing to me, and the whole thing with fire and earth and. Yeah, I, I love that part of it. That's that's what drew yeah, me to I, it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the the fire of the kilns as much as uh, manipulating clay. And uh, but I always continued to paint. I always felt like that was probably the the thing I was destined to do. Yeah, when you uh, when you uh, started, uh, I know I noticed on your website that you've done you do a lot of portraits, and you have a, you have a, a show going on right now. It's all portraits. Um, um, but most of your portraits that I saw were self-portraits. Yeah, I um, actually that a lot of that work that you saw uh, that are self-portraits are is work that I actually did in Seattle. Mm. Uh, was done on um, plywood panels, and I brought it down here and uh, ended up sort of repurposing those paintings into sculptures. And then uh, did a self-portrait that was associated with the the uh, sculpture. So it was uh, more of an installation. Uh -huh. Nice, nice. What would you consider? What would you call your style of painting? Everybody who does, you know, they, they, when you talk to artists, um, and you know, I, I, it's interesting. You mentioned plywood. I've been doing a lot of mine paintings on plywood lately too. But uh, the, everybody says, "Why well, I, I have this style or that style?" What would you consider your type of what would you call your style of painting? Um, my style of painting is uh, is my style of painting. <laughs> um, I like to be free with the brush, yeah. um, but then I mean I generally start out with large uh, Japanese brushes mm -hmm. uh, and get a lot of paint going on up there and and block out areas, and then as the painting develops, I work to smaller and smaller br brushes, yeah. and. Maybe something that's unique to me is most people that do portraiture, they work from light to dark, but I work from dark to light. All the paintings start out black, and then I put in um, um, the most highlighted white areas and then work from there. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so it's kind of a background. Rembrandt <laughs> worked the same way. When you, you uh, really have to, yeah. do the, to do that, you really you kind of do need to be in oils, right? Because that's hard to do with acrylic, isn't it? Or uh, well, the, yeah. The thing I, I like about oil is it's fluid, and um, um, you can go back to it the next day, and it's still you know, yeah. it's, not, it's not dried. Um, the downside to that is if you want to do something on top of uh, another layer, you have to wait for it to dry. So I generally have two or three pieces going at the same time. Yeah. When the uh, the current exhibit that you have going, you uh, kind of from what I'm reading, kind of on your own decided I'm going to paint ten uh, influential people from the city of Long Beach. Uh, how did that come that, about? 
Uh, yeah, that's correct. I, um, it's, it actually started with the, our mayor, Robert Garcia, and just kind of following his race and, you know, reading about him. And um, um, so I said, I'm going to do a painting of this guy. <laughs> and so it, it, it started with him and my, you know, my interest in, in what he was doing. And then the more I started reading about uh, Long Beach, because, you know, Long Beach is a, is a, is a large city, I think it's the fifth largest city in the in the state, but it's made up of neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and each one is unique. So I sort of I, and then I started looking at people that uh, handled uh, business um, development in certain areas, and and of course the police chief and the fire chief had to be included. And then we got a new police chief in the in the midst of that. Yes, we did. Yeah, I, did. Yeah, I started with uh, Jim uh, McDonald, and uh, he is now the uh, sheriff of uh, L.A. County. So he's he's like number two, and and, and he actually came in. To, he and his wife, they're lovely people, came into the show last Saturday, and he was really excited about it. He took pictures of everything and. Guess what I'm doing next? And I said, Well, you know, I'm thinking about doing another series of paintings with these same t- ten people, but done in a different technique. And he goes, well, you need to get updated photos of me because, you know, that uniform doesn't... <laughs> I'm in khaki now. It's not, it's not the blues anymore. So, but he, he was a great guy. In fact, I... He is uh, a great guy, yeah. Yeah. You, um, how did you go about selecting who you were going to paint? Well, um, unfortunately, or uh, politics are dominated by men. So the, the challenge was to come up with women, because I, I wanted to have women represented, and um, Suja uh, Lowenthal was my first subject, because um, I think she's an interesting person. Um, and then um, um, the second female that I did was uh, Didi Rossi, who sort of runs uh, Belmont Shore mm-hmm. with the businesses. You know, there's a there's a woman I know who um, who runs uh, Eat LBC, and uh, mm-hmm. she might have, she might have been a good choice too. <laughs> to paint? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have done a few of that. Already. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't um, think I could get Dee Dee Rossi to pose nude for me. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh man. Well, <laughs> you on your, you know, like I said, I went to your website and I looked at a lot of things. You've done a lot of things, you know, did look like butcher related. Yeah, yeah. I actually spent um, probably two years um, working on uh, meat related mm-hmm. paintings. Um, I mean, I eat meat. It's not. It's not really a. Um, a conversation about whether meat's good or bad, but um, um, it was more about consumerism. Mm-hmm. I always find it interesting uh, when you, you know the, the things people decide to tackle, uh, especially when it comes to art. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Peter was a sculptor for a long time. He did a whole series of masks, and, uh, which I thought were outstanding. And, and you know, the kind of things that I paint are just very abstract. Uh, they're kind of things that go on in my head, and uh, and and you, you see the people who do a series, and I know that even with, with us, you know, you kind of get locked in a certain series for a while. How do you how do you when you when you go into a series of things, you know, with every artist, it's like 
how do you figure, okay, that's enough of that, I'm moving on to something else? Um, I think I'll go back to meat at some point in yeah. time because I, <laughs> I think it's a, a fascinating, visually fascinating. And then I, I put other elements together with the meat that are um, um, tell a story. There, it's, a, it's a narrative. Maybe no one else gets it, but I do. <laughs> but... Um, um, I I don't really know the answer. Yet. I mean, it, you sort of come to the end of it, and then you, um, you know, I, I was doing the meat series, and then um, I have always done portraits, uh -huh. and because uh, I enjoy doing them, and um, um, I, again, Mayor Garcia just sort of caught my attention and took me that direction. Yeah, one of the things with artists uh, because it's it's so personal to you. Um, there's a lot of times where you kind of have to decide, I like it, and it's ready to show, and and then you, somebody comes along and says, I don't like that. What, what did you do there? Why did you do that that way? Why did you paint this this way? Um, but you've been you've been an artist for a long time, and I know for you know even musicians we talk to, you know some people say it's you know sometimes it's it's kind of hard to take, and sometimes you just you have to be you know, secure in yourself and you just deal with it, and you go well it doesn't matter it's not for everybody. But yeah, as you were coming up, did you ever uh, find you know the critical critiquing? Uh, um, well, yeah, of course. Uh, you know they are personal, and um, when people don't like them, depends on who they are. Yeah. Um, if you respect them, then uh, yeah, that that's painful. But uh, you know, that's part of growing. It's uh, you just move on. Um, I. Had a lot of, fortunately, as a, at a young age, had a lot of success, mm -hmm. and um, got hooked up with a major gallery in Seattle, and at a very, very young age, and um, um, no one ever. Well, actually, the last show I had there, the gallery owners said he would probably not show my work again. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I started to put a little. Um, Attitude towards it, I guess. Well, that's that's uh, you know that's interesting because a lot of times uh, certain galleries show certain types of art, and, mm -hmm. and like you said, certain you know it, there, we we when Peter and I had a coffee house, we would have artists come in there and put stuff up, and and you know it was our our thing was just to show people's art. But it, I noticed that sometimes customers would come in and and somewhat offended at times and 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 is it's really you know from that point you know from that perspective looking at people who are coming in to see the art that's hanging on the walls in our business uh i found that very interesting sometimes is just the reaction of people because a lot of times they knew when you know every month we would change artists so you know they'd come in and see what the new art was and just to see the reaction of people uh when they saw the different art uh so i guess it, for us, it was not a big deal, but I think some some galleries you go to, they only show a certain type of thing, and if you deviate from what that owner wants, then you get that kind of response. Right? Yeah, yeah. This this uh, show of portraits was, uh, frankly, I was a little nervous because I knew a lot of or some of the um, people that I painted were going to be at the opening, and they're not photorealistic paintings. I mean, they definitely have. Uh, um, uh, my attitude, I guess, towards towards them and trying to interpret who they are, 
and like such as an example, the fire chief has flames in his eyes. Um, so I wondered how that would go over. But everyone that was there that I had painted was, was so humble that I, first of all, would take the time to do that of them. And they were so, they said, you know, everyone has said you've really captured who these people are. And, uh, you know, some of them I have met, some I have not. So um, I was really happy with the, the uh, responses that I got from the people that I painted. Very nice. You've shown uh, multiple areas. You know, you said Seattle, and you know you've shown here and stuff. Is there a difference in the uh, art scenes in different parts of the country? Um, I'm probably not qualified to answer that question. I, I haven't actually shown for uh, quite a few years. Uh, you know, I've always continued to uh, create, but I, it, showing was not something that was uh, of importance to me for quite a few years. And until I actually moved to Long Beach, and um, that was in 2005, and, and I said, I'm going to find a studio here and really go for it again. Yeah. So. So I'm curious, uh, what drew you to the meat? What the, that? Because I, I saw some of those, and they're, they're really cool. I like them. Uh, I like them with, the with the barbed wire. They're just the really cool, and um, and they're not just they're not still lives, right? But they're no, they're they're but they're. I'm combining. I, elements. A lot of people say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a still life of meat, of fruit, of birds of whatever you didn't do that no they're not sterilized at all uh, how'd you get there how what was your thought process well if you're what made you get familiar there? with francis bacon yes um this is not a new theme right <laughs> and he uh, you know no one did it as well as he has done um but um uh, what was the question again <laughs> <laughs> i mean you, what what uh, what 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 tra- drew me to me portraiture it's usually because i find that person interesting or they've paid me to paint them but that's pretty straightforward but me there's an odd it's a bit of an odd thing how did yeah. you get there how what made you go this is something i'd like to paint well i i again started with a painting of a of a steak and then it actually had um, a little verbiage on it that was kind of a, a play on words and um um, I just started from there, and then I just went to the next one. I went to the next one. I went to the next, and I have quite a few meat paintings. And then I got on. And then I got on to cow heads, you know, dead cow heads, and um, or like butchered cow heads. They're not like dried up skulls, but um, uh, that again was like portraits. And uh, I did several of the same same cow head over and over in, in different ways. You did a pig's head, too. I did a pig's head. I, I, I did several pig's heads. Which is, it was interesting because uh, when I was in college, I worked at a grocery store, and I remember the day they put pig's head into the, into the meat <laughs> section, I was walking by, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and the same, I said, look, that, that looks exactly like that first pig head. I yeah, yeah, I actually, yeah, actually, I did more, more pig, pigs than I did uh, cows. Um, you know, there's a market you can go to downtown LA where you can buy a pig head. <laughs> I didn't do that, but uh, um, I found it intriguing as portraits. Yeah, it's nice. What uh, 
what are you what are you working on now currently uh, I after I finished uh, the current series of portraits I, I haven't painted this week I've been busy doing uh, trying to sell these things um, and I'm actually considering doing another series of paintings of the same people mm -hmm. done in a completely different like I, I mentioned that earlier yeah. doing, doing it on plywood where it's uh, in, actually in acrylic and where it's layers um, a lot of layers probably like 20 layers of different uh, paint and then going back and sanding them out to reveal the figure we'll see if it works <laughs> sounds fun Yeah. how many different mediums do you work in? I'm just painting right now. Yeah, yeah painting. And primarily oil, because I like to work with oil, but this next thing would apply m more to acrylic yeah. than, than oil. Never mess with acrylic. Just because of the speed of drying. Yeah, it does dry faster, than, well, much faster than oil. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with our guest, artist Greg Saban. This is Rooster Raw, and this is called Oxnard. Back after this.
this is Ronnie Wood of the Stones for Rad. You know it's okay to rock and roll and party, because I do it all the time. Just let someone else do the driving. That's what I do. Remember, rock lives, and you should too. Please don't drink and drive. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. we got to talk. Take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. This is Raspin Stewart. You're listening to Swoop's World. We started out so innocently. We learned to take what we need. Forgive us for our greed. Let's dance. We smoke the hookah and dance. And that is Raspin Stewart. We uh, good friend of the show. He's going to be playing at Make Music Pasadena come May, and, and, and uh, we'll get the information on that, get a chance to check him out. Right now, our guest is artist Greg Sabin, and uh, we're chatting with him about his art. And, uh, you know, we, we mentioned your show uh, that's cur- currently going on. Let's tell everybody where it's at and a little bit more about it. I, I think the proceeds go to charity. Uh, 25% of the, um, of the sale would go to... Um, company called Food Finders. It's a food uh, uh, rescue food bank based here in uh, Signal Hill. Great people, do great work. Um, got a little involved with them last year on another project, and my eyes were open to how bad it is here in our neighborhood. Yeah. Um, you know, one in five people are uh, what they call food insecure, which means they don't know where they're going to get their next meal, which shocked me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so 25% goes to them. Excellent. And where is it Where is it uh, being held right now? And is it a, are there certain hours people can go and see the paintings? Yeah, the, the show actually runs uh, through Saturday of this week, um, and I'm in there uh, every evening from uh, 5 until 7, and I'll be in there on Saturday 1 to 4. Nice. And the address? The address is uh, 851 Pine Avenue, Long Beach. It's kind of in the, what they call the North Pine District. It's a recently um, uh, refurbished retail space that was just a perfect gallery space. Very nice. Very nice. And we... We uh, we also want to let people know about your website and all that kind of stuff before we get over. But so really, let's go ahead and do that real quick. Your your website is GregoryDaneSabin.com. So it's Gregory D A N E Sabin S A B I N dot com. Yeah. Very cool. Because uh, if you don't get that, if you don't remember that and you didn't write it down, it's on the front. When you go to SwoopsWorld.com on the homepage, you can see where it says uh, Gregory Dane Sabin on SwoopsWorld Late Night. If you click on that. There's a link to his website within there. Um, you mentioned uh, doing things on plywood and, and canvas. I, I, I'm, uh, do you have a preference, or do you, you use it for different different reasons? Um, 
Well, as I mentioned, this next series is going to be um, done on plywood because I, it needs to be a rigid surface because I'll be sanding them. Um, I'm afraid if I sanded canvas, I'd probably go through it. Um, but uh, I, I really enjoy working with canvas. I enjoy the whole process of building the frame and stretching the canvas. Oh, he's, and, he's a real artist. <laughs> and priming it and you know, making it look pretty. And then, well, now, for, for those who haven't maybe seen these, uh, talk about size and, and what they're are they? all. Yeah, I, I, when I started this series, I wanted to make them all uniform for, um, for showing primarily and for uh, uh, hanging. Um, so they're all four feet by four feet. Yeah, big. I mean, we're talking big. They're That's big. Big for portraits. They're, yeah, they're big portraits. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to see the, some of the folks that did come to the opening stand in front of them, and mm -hmm. they're, they're sort of dwarfed <laughs> by the size of the paint. Larger than life, literally. Oh, yeah, way, you know? way larger than life, yeah. Um, so they're all the same way. They're all, you know, I set up all the hanging uh, utensils this, the same, so it would be simple to, to hang. Um, I just wanted the whole. I, I wanted to see this series as a group that would. Um, my hope would be that they would stay together. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure that'll happen, but uh, um, it. To me, it's a it's a uh, a moment in time in the city of Long Beach. You know, you know the people that are active in politics and within the community. So it's you know two years. It'll be it'll be different. So right. It's a it's a snapshot. That's nice. Well, you you mentioned something, and I'm just curious. And those who you know kind of dabble in this stuff, uh, when it comes to actually doing your own canvas stretching and, and all that kind of stuff, um, is there? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm off the, I'm off the shelf guy. I mean, I ran down the, <laughs> down the art supply warehouse and buy canvas. Uh, is it? Is, is it? I know there's got to be something to the whole process because I know there's a lot of things that I do where it's oh, a whole process. Yeah, yeah. I, I purchase stretcher bars, yeah. and they're you know they're beveled um, appropriately, and you put them together, and then you have to build um, supports in the back, and you sort of become a carpenter yeah. for the first process, and it's um, it's laborious work, but it's I I enjoy it, um, and then you actually stretch the canvas, which is a very physical process with yeah. a canvas plier and you're stretching it and you're stapling and stretching and stapling and turning it's like um tuning a drum head you, yeah. you, you go around uh, to keep it uh, consistent and not get any ripples in the in the face of the canvas i've done a lot of them so I'm, i've gotten pretty good at it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's that architect running through your blood there. yeah i guess so yeah i've also built a couple of houses so that's yeah that's, that, there you go uh, yeah if I were to do uh, start over again, maybe I, I I would be an architect because I'm, I'm still uh, that still runs through my blood. Yes. When it comes to uh, you know you, like you said you you you've done these you, you said you probably go back to the meet and you're gonna probably take on the the same people again in a kind of a different a different form. Um, it sounds like as for inspiration, things just strike you and then you say. I think I'm going, to, I'm going to take a stab at that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, um, anything creative, I think, is kind of the same, whether you're a writer or a painter. Um, it's just getting in there every day and grinding it out. You know, you're not always inspired. And, and um, 
it's you just have to go do it. Yeah. And you have to get into the studio and just look at the wall and say, what next? Yeah. And, um, um, but it generally comes to me pretty quickly. Yeah, does it? Yeah. But um, um, I think everyone kind of assumes that everyone's inspired all the time, but that doesn't happen. Um, like I said, you just get, get in there and gut it out. It's you know we we talk about different mediums you know and Peter was a stone sculptor for a while uh, he's on prints now but uh, you, you know he's you know reducing from the stone and it's kind of like you'd say you kind of have to have a you know kind of an idea where you're going you know based on the you know, shape of the stone and whatnot because once you take away there's nothing to put back and I said well that's kind of why I like oils because I can just wipe it off and start all over sometimes right yeah. <laughs> yeah, painting is very forgiving you can just paint right over it um, and I enjoy that part and, and, and the fluidity of, of oil paint I really enjoy it just kind of smears around and mixes and, and colors create on the canvas so you're not really anticipating and you know things magic little things happen um, and those are the things I enjoy most about the painting. I mean, I mean, I look at little details in the painting and how paint has combined with it with each other, and and you know, like a two square inch space might like wow, <laughs> that's really great. Yeah. And um, but it's not the whole. You know, the the whole is the figure. You um, you, you know, if somebody who stretches canvases and stuff like that, which I know a lot of people do, but I, I kind of get the feeling that you might be one of the, you might. Kind of grind your own. Uh... No, no, no. I, don't. Uh, I have worked with raw pigment yeah. in the past. Uh, I'm not currently doing that. Um, no, I generally work with with uh, oil colors out of tubes. Uh, it's it's interesting. You know, we uh, what was that that movie we saw? The uh, the pen and teller did. Oh. Where they were trying to replicate the. Uh, if you haven't seen this, you, you, you would love this. Uh, something, somebody's there. Tim's, Tom, Tim's, Tom. Tim's, 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 Tim's Vermeer. Vermeer. You seen this? Oh, you would love it. You would just as a, as a process guy. Mm -hmm. You would. You, know, you, you may not be happy with the product, but you'd be happy with the process. And uh, this. What is it? Just called it Tim's, Tim's Vermeer. Tim's Vermeer. And so it's and it's done by Penn and Teller. They produced Penn it. of Teller. Penn, yeah, he produced it. And uh, they, both, they both produced it. They produ both produced, but but the other guy, the guy that talks, talks right. Right. And uh, the whole premise <laughs> is um, there's this guy who's an inventor, and he's done quite well, and he's he's made a bunch of things that's made him a bunch of money, and he turns his sight to uh, how did Vermeer come up with these hyper-realistic uh, reflections. Yeah. And so he thinks he has figured out the technique. <laughs> so here's a guy who's never painted a painting in his life goes and paints a Vermeer using what he thinks is the technique. And when all is said and done... <laughs> he's right? <laughs> Let me put it this way. He paints... A painting that is pretty damn close. So, is it conclusive beyond all? No, but it, it's just an interesting process yeah. because he um, he comes up with what he thinks is he's an inventor. So he comes up with a, what he thinks is a very realistic way of how 
uh, Vermeer did what he did, and it it's, it's not, not paint by number. Right? It's not paint no. by number, <laughs> but at the same time, she's in mirrors. And it's not light. it's not free form painting no, either. It's, it has to do with a technique that involves uh, light and the camera obscura and right. blah blah blah. But camera obscura has been in the mix for a long time. Right. He takes it one step further. He's, he's like, it's I think he used a right? camera obscura and then a very small mirror at the end that reflects it back down one more time. So then all he had to do was match up paint. And he uh, uses uh, he uses mathematical, not mathematical, he uses analytical evaluation of the curvature that's in the painting to show that how that would match up with the curvature of a mirror, right? Because mm-hmm. mirrors distort. Right. And... Again, is it 100%? No, but it's it's pretty damn... But what's most interesting, forget about whether or not he proves it, is that this guy, to produce <laughs> his Vermeer, he, he has all this money, right? He builds... He takes a warehouse in Arizona, Nevada. No, he takes Texas. It, somewhere in Texas. Texas. He takes his... He takes his and to, to get the light that exactly would be the light, he creates... So he takes this industrial <laughs> complex... And he, he like he puts things in front of the windows. He builds himself the table, the table, yeah. the piano, the he um, the chair. He he finds a rug that almost identically a Turkish rug that almost identically matches the one in the in the Perfect. painting. Uh-huh. And so this guy, it's just the process. It took him what was it? Two years, yeah, year he, and a half. Or I think like that. He, he said Start he, he said he, he was happy he did it, but he probably wouldn't do it again. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's worth watching. But it is it was really as a really technique person, as a person who sounds like, great. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. very yeah. and it's, it's like an hour and a half. It's totally worthwhile. It's it's again. Does he prove it? Whether he proves it or not, it's irrelevant. He does a really cool. The, it's a really cool the, project. The, the, the mono, uh, um, what do you call it? Um, study he he put into it and hmm. he went and he, he interviewed you know experts and he flew back to where do you go he went to england or holland or both he went to both yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he went to all and these he talks places. to what's his name uh oh shoot famous artist oh, i forget anyhow somebody else who who who's been speculating on how this exactly was done hmm. uh and you can tell at some point they were totally on the same page. At some point, they weren't. But he went ahead with it anyhow. He's like, no, I, I think this is it. And he went ahead with it. It's, it's, and I got the money to do it. And, and the yeah, time. That's and, the, well, yeah. that was it. And he, the dedication. Because he, he, he talked about how he painted eight hours a day for four months or something like that. Every day. He took, he took weekends off for four months. So this guy wasn't – he didn't do it half-assed. He, yeah, right. it, totally yeah, got and that's the You would dig it. it I was think so he cool. said that was – Besides that little one, he did the the the, the somebody's the, the picture the right the face black and white. So to start it out, he, those he, are the first, those are the only times he ever painted. Yeah. And so to start off, what he did was he took his technique and he took a black and white photo of somebody, somebody's, like, an, like an uncle or a, yeah. some a picture taken in the fifties that was like this sort of thing, and he took it using this technique, and he reproduced using brush strokes, almost a, almost a photographic image of the photograph. Like okay, that was his sort of like to test whether his his, his yeah. yeah whether his idea was valid, and then he said okay now I'm going to take a life size reproduction of the painting, and I'm going to reproduce the painting, 
Uh, totally. He needs to get together with uh, Chuck Close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it's really interesting. If you get a chance to watch it, worth it. Probably get out of totally Netflix good. or something. It's you know, it's called Tim's Vermeer. Tim's Vermeer. That's right. Super, super good. Um, Forgotten about that. That's we tried cool. to cover a lot and make sure we get everything out there that you wanted to talk about. Was there anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about? I know you wanted to say hello to some people. Hello, Jenny, <laughs> in Ithaca, New York. That's it. <laughs> she's the architect <laughs> oh so there's there's still architect uh, in, in in the family line there huh? <laughs> yeah she's uh i'm very proud of her she's on the um uh, faculty at uh, cornell yeah in the architecture department um, and she does a lot of work uh out of her own studio yeah. as well besides teaching that's uh i mean you know th that architecture I, I have a friend who I went to high school with who became an architect and I remember when he was studying it when we were, when we were freshmen in college and stuff I mean the, 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 it's to be so precise and, and uh, you know you can't I mean the measurements have to be exact and and the handwriting has to be clear enough to read <laughs> and everything I mean that, that's I mean that's very you know people we, we talked about this before you know Everywhere you go, you can see the work of an architect. I mean, every, every, every yeah. Well, my see. father did it. Yeah. It was uh, <laughs> triangles and may lines and pencils and T squares and T square all that. <laughs> yeah, you know. Now it's all um, computational. Yeah. And, um, so it's it's very exact now. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Well, Greg, I'm really happy that you came and joined us tonight, and uh, we'll be doing Thank you for inviting brisky me. brisky beer tasting here pretty soon, and you're more than welcome to, to, to stay and hang out. This is your second time here. You were here with uh, your wife before, Terry, when she was uh, talking about uh, EWC. So yeah, right. yeah right. I was. Yeah, right. You're like an old-timer yeah. here, man. Yeah. <laughs> Swoop's world. <laughs> well, uh, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, and, and it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Look, the opening, by yeah, the way, looking too. At you, oh yeah, looking at your uh, your, your work and uh, and uh, some cool stuff. And if you get a chance, go check his website, GregoryDaneSabin.com. That's uh, D-A-N-E and S-A-B-I-N, and Gregory's common spelling, right? Right. <laughs> you listen to Swoop Show on the Talk Star Radio Network. We're gonna take a quick break. Peter, what do you want to listen to, man? Any uh, any requests? Uh, oof, caught me off guard there. I, didn't have, I wasn't really thinking. Uh, i tell you what, man. No. Uh, just for you, man. Channel 3, Blue Christmas. Oh, we're going way back. <laughs> Blue.
about you Oh, blue, so blue Just thinking about you Decorations in red On a green Christmas tree This uh, next song was the very first song we wrote together, me and Kim. He wrote the music. I based the lyrics on uh, my family's experiences in World War II. Relocation camp called Manzanar. Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. So many comments on my comment. Hey, guys, check out my wait. new video game. Mom, what? 
Huh? Pew, pew. What'd you say? This huh? weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hello, this is Exine Zervenka. You're listening to Swoops World. about uh, two minutes shy of um, brewskis, and uh, we'll be tasting some brewskis. We need to get him more into the Not shot funny. there. Okay, you just took yourself out. That's uh, fine. He's ugly. Back, just, back, just back it up about uh, a little adjustment here. Technical. technical. It's another seismic <laughs> event. We're good. You're there. Yeah, right you got there. it. You got it right. Check that out, man. With two minutes of... All these years of experience. So, T-Bone, T-Bone, you had an update on the Dodger game, didn't you? Uh, Yes, here we are in the bottom of the fourth up in uh, Los Angeles. And it is now 6-2 to Dodgers on the strength of Adrian Gonzalez's third home run in three at-bats tonight. And fourth consecutive at-bat with a home run leading back to last night. Mm, um, awesome. And he had, he had a pretty good opening day, too. He's where now, he had two doubles. He's now 9 for 13 or 10 for 13 on the season with uh, five home runs. And how, I think he's got probably, it sounds like he has near 10 RBIs then. Yeah. Because I know he got two yesterday and he had two the day before. So he and and the pitcher tonight for the Padres is Andrew Kashner, who has a career ERA against the Dodgers of like one point four before tonight. Well, Going <laughs> to jump up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we will. Peter, you're going to explain the uh, the briskies here. I'm going to try. Okay. My, let, my computer let me hit the is intro. not working well. Okay, hit but the this intro. has got a whole bunch it's of information on the briskies. Our beer tasting well. segment right here at Sweet Throw Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass for you. And join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. All right, well, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. No offense to our guests, but uh, this is the most important part of the show. <laughs> this is where we officially, oh, we officially drink beer. we got to set the rules. So here's the rules, rules for, our, for our guests. Is we, uh, we all taste together. Then we go around. Guest always goes first. Tell us what you think. Hate it. Love it. And then the second time around, you're going to give us a score, 1 through 10, 10 being best. Um, and then Mr. Rayman over here will give us an average. He'll be All doing right? the ciphering. So here's what – this is a new one for us, although I have had this before. So I won't tip my hand. I think I already did. But yeah. this is Red Betty Imperial IPA, uh, and this is from – what did we uh, ascertain here? Which Surrey, brewery? Surrey. It's from Central City. Central City, Surrey, B.C. Um and here's what they have to say about their own brew. Uh, Red Betty Imperial IPA, limited edition, is dry hopped with whole leaf hops from the Yakima Valley, combined with Maris Otter English barley, floor malted in age-old tradition. A long maturation ensures plenty of flavor with strong aromatics of 
grapefruit, tangerine, and mango. This exquisite ale will coat your palate with a sensational, long-lasting bitterness. So that's what they have to say about their own. Uh, now that that's out of the way, we can actually do some tasting. So uh, here we go. Salute. Salute. Woo. Terry's away on the other side of the long distance. <laughs> Greg, you're up. Tell us what you think. Honest opinion. Very malty. Mm-hmm. Um, I love IPAs. Uh, I don't know how much of this I can drink, but um, it's a very strong flavor. But I like it. You like it? All right. This is 9% alcohol. I don't have IBUs here, so I can't tell you that. I will, uh, as we do what we do, I will uh, try to dig Bottom of the back label. Oh, it is on, is it on the bottom of the back label? 90, supposedly. Red number and le- uh, red letters. Red numbers. Red number. Yep. 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 90 IBUs, which is uh, definitely on the high side. Not the highest we've ever it's had. It's a sneaky 90. It is a, a 90. sneaky 90. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> but that's the maltiness in it, I think. Yeah. Who's up? Uh, yeah, go up? ahead. Go ahead, Peter. Um, this what's, is the what's, way. What's the brewery? Central. Central City. Central City. Got it. Go ahead. Um, this is the way I I love my IPAs. I like a, an IPA that's malty and hoppy. So for me, this is awesomeness. I, I really, really enjoy this, and uh, I could drink this all day if, if I weren't going to be a productive human being. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, start now? <laughs> I know, I know. But you got to You got to have hope, and you, you got to get high. They keep telling me. You got to have a plan, man. <laughs> Timo. Yeah, the only uh, the only thing about this one that really told, caused me to say it was sneaky is the fact that when you try to take a whiff of this beer, you smell like you're driving by a brewery on mashing day. I mean, it just <laughs> smells like malt, yeah. pure, pure. It malt. is. Yep. Um, so it's not like some of the some of the IPAs that we get in here. I mean, you can. It smells like somebody just opened a bag of weed next to you, or, you know, or there's a big bouquet of flowers right in front of you. Little skunk going or you on. You just you just ran into a juniper bush or a pine tree or something. You know, this one, it's all malt on the nose, but that it really helps. I mean, if you had told me to guess an IBU before reading that label, I wouldn't have. No. Pegged it anywhere in the 90. For range, sure, yeah. Uh, let alone a 9%. Well, I could I could have guessed a 9-ish percent alcohol. But this is a fun beer, though. Okay. And they're going to get label points, I can tell you. Not <laughs> as many as they could. For sure. But label points, for sure. It's a great label. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's, uh, it's got a good taste. It's, it's got a good bite to it, man. I mean, it's like, uh, I, I, I don't even know how to say it. It's kind of, to me, it's almost like a, a, a stouty feel on my tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the flavor in it. I like the uh, the, the maltiness of it. And usually I, I'm really, don't, I like a little more balance that way, but I, I, I this is a good tasting beer. I enjoy it quite a bit. There you go. We have somebody over there in the cheap seats. Holler at us. I find it delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Unofficial words from back there is delicious. Greg, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being best. I would give it 7. Peter. I'm going to go with a 9. 
<laughs> That's an eight and a half with the label half bump label for the label. label. Bump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm at an ocho. You're an ocho? So. See, I'm at a nine without the label bump. Oh. Hold on, you're going to have to make me do math. I'm going to leave it right there, though, just because uh, uh, that's what I have to Terry. Nine. Nine. So Woo. you get the math going there, man? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually makes it a little better. Uh, we're going to get an 8.1 overall. And that oh. could be... Could be off. Actually, it's an eight point four. Sorry, eight point four. I got, I got excited. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, what are we eating with this? Uh, well, this is this is a giant beer. Uh, there's no way around that. Um, and you're gonna, you know, have to do something big: steaks and prime rib, uh, prime rib with Yorkshire pudding. You know, this could replace your red wine in some cases if you are inclined that way. If you're not a, a wine person, um, steaks. Just it, you got to think big. It, the biggest thing you can make. It, this is what this should be going with. Uh, it is. It's going to drown out any of your earlier courses for sure. Forget about salads and whatever. No salads. You know, no, if you're going to uh, do chicken, it's going to have to be just like the spiciest, craziest chicken flavor you ever knew. Uh, so something, something big, something big, not fish. Big, 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 big. Well, he uh, got quite a feast uh, he spoke of last week. Uh, you, you're working the, 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 the rabbit. And the, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what'd you do? You did ostrich egg, rabbit. Alligator, alligator. duck. This will go with your duck. Buffalo. This will go with your duck, if you, especially if you did like a duck confit of some sort or, mm-hmm. or just something duck with a reduction sauce. Those big, heavier flavors, this will go. It's going to wash out your... You said buffalo, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might go, it'll go with your buffalo. It's going to wash out your alligator because, you know, alligator's just chicken, essentially. Yeah. Tough, just go with it. Tough chicken. You work this in with, like, a, you know, like a, a chili? You, you could, yeah. This will go with chili. Um... Chili dough, because you know, usually you put those toppings on there, and you put start putting like you know sour cream and onions. And you know what? You're gonna, you might as well go put yeah. the fire out. Sort of Here's stuff. A, yeah, this, this isn't I, that I had kind a of beer. Pic, I had a picture in my mind. You know, a guy I used to work with used to throw this uh, chili cook off every year mm-hmm. at his house, and uh, you know everybody would bring in their chili and we'd, we'd vote on it. And one guy. Used to hunt all year round, and so he every year we'd be seeing what he'd bring. He'd give me chili. He'd bring in, yeah, he'd bring in like elk or uh-huh. boar or something, you know, something he killed. Uh, <laughs> and uh, a lot of the things he brought in, I think this would go well. Now, now those way. types of chilies, yeah, but yeah. the chilies that most people kind of think of as like the hot, spicy ones, this yeah. is just probably not it. Uh, however, along those lines, is more of the uh, um, stews, which are also kind of like a chili sort of thing, or big. Lamb, like a lamb stew. Mm-hmm. This would probably hold up nice. A little Irish soda bread to go with it. Something like that. Well, Terry's a foodie. Yeah. What would you, you, what would you no, uh, pair this with? I agree. Something, I mean, not so much chili, but like a stew. Like a, a stew. beefy, hearty. This is, this is more, I mean, it's spring. This is more winter. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Not not this time of the year for exactly. sure. Yeah. Spring, uh, fall, December, December, yeah. If you're going to pair this with food, it's the food you're going to serve. She's totally right, in the fall or winter. Uh, The food we're moving into now, so you're just going to have to drink this alone. (laughs) Oh, shucks. I don't know about all that. (laughs) (laughs) But something on the grill, you could get away with, again, uh, uh, steaks, steaks on the grill, uh, that type of stuff, or even like some roasted, roasted lamb. Something like that, this will probably go well, which is... 
here's the thing. You, you could get away with this. Year round, you could head on down to uh, what's, what's the, beef, the Beef Palace, and uh, right. you can find something to go along with this. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. For sure. But well, you're right. I mean, yeah, you're, it's you're, big. you're thinking it big. is big, and you're talking about the, like a lot of the, the cold comfort type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't you see drinking this in front of one of Greg's meat paintings? Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, the pig's foot, man. I'm, I'm right in front of that yeah. pig's foot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be good. That would totally work. Totally work. Hey, uh, I was, when I was a kid, we said, we used to walk up to the store, the, the liquor store. It's like a little market. You know, we walk past, and they had a whole jar of those things. You either get, a, you know, you, you're either the kid that got the the, the pickle, the, the the big dill pickle, or you're the kid that got the pig the pig's foot. I fell in the pig foot category. Then you wrap it in a, like butcher paper. You walk home chewing on it. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, pickled pig's foot. Yeah. <laughs> I see those now, and I'm like, eh, I don't think so. No. <laughs> But it was good. I, mean, I was like eight years old. You can have uh, Joe Joe's bring those in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, they have the, the, the pig. They have the eggs. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I love liverwurst. <laughs> I skip the pickled eggs. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge liverwurst fan. There you have another edition of Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, join the Beer of the Month Club. They'll send you a box each month, four different breweries. Three bottles a piece. Because I call it a case. These guys jump off my shit. But (laughs) it's a case. Twelve is not a case. Twenty four is a case. (laughs) It's a box of beers. All right. Box of beers. (laughs) That would work work better for you. We are about, (laughs) I'm doing the math, 15 minutes away from talking to Anthony Davis, the great USC uh, five-time national champion as well. He played in the NFL, the CFL, the WFL. We'll be talking to him in a little bit, chatting about what's happening in the world of sports. We're going to take a quick break in the meantime. And uh, da, 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 da. Oh, here we go. This is Sarah Douglas. Sarah Douglas is a, is a past guest. She's in what part of Scotland? Oh. You remember it was like four in the morning. Totally caught me off guard here now. Uh, yeah, she was. Wasn't she out of Edinburgh? I forget. She's in Scotland, and uh, I saw on Facebook yesterday, the day before, it was her birthday. And so, uh, shout out, happy birthday to Sarah! Woo! And this is Jenny's song. Back after this. She's outside the Greyhound station Just got to L.A. Another dream gonna be a star Don't get in her way It's in her heart and her mind is made up Jenny's here to stay What's it gonna be? Moving on Sometimes yeah 
Running. That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is John Gannon, and I just had the greatest time on Swoop's World here.
steel feel like 16. Now it's only one day later than before. 16's got promises and ropes never engine. on the line. Welcome to Our World Today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. At seven, I shower. Every day I wake up for at those five. caring for a loved one. We hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org/caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio.
My name is Mary Scholes, and you're listening to Swoops World. I'm sorry, baby, but I tried. Sorry for telling you those lies. Sorry for messing with your Welcome back to Long, uh, Long Beach. Welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. We are about three minutes away from uh, chatting with uh, Anthony Davis, and I'll be telling you a chance to talk to him about what's going on in the world. But uh, uh, update, T-Bone, you said uh, Gonzalez has knocked another one out of the park there, huh? Guy's got three dingers on the evening, four in his last four at-bats. Uh, uh, according to Elias, two doubles according to to Elias Sports Bureau, he's Since. the first player in Major League history to hit five home runs in his first three games of the season. No way. So, oh, um, come on. That sounds like a Reggie Jackson stat, man. Come on. It does sound like a Reggie Jackson <laughs> Hey. I, you guys know how I feel about Adrian Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, man. As, a, still as the sad sure. Padre fan in the room, <laughs> <laughs> to see him do this three straight games against the Padres is just, uh, it's, I love the guy, you know. Yeah, I, I'm happy for him. It's funny because because the, if if the Padres had the GM they have now, he'd never would have changed colors one. colors of blue. How many do we have? He'd still be wearing navy blue if the Padres had the GM that they have right now. So, so um, I was at the opener, the Padres home opener last season or the season before. Whenever. Adrian's first season starting with the Dodgers was. And all these fans down in San Diego are booing Adrian Gonzalez when he comes up to the plate for the Dodgers. And I'm like, if you guys would have just paid the man, yeah. he'd still be playing. He'd still be playing. It wasn't for lack of interest. Yeah. And, and, and I think he made that pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, he was willing to... You pay me, and he... I, I, yeah. The Padres got nobody to blame him, but... But themselves it's on the that, truth. for sure. It's the truth. Uh, and the fact that he went to Boston and then is now playing with the Dodgers is... But, uh, know, the Padres are trying to turn over some kind of new leaf. Are we done with this? Yes. We killed this? I know. Yeah. I know. It's a shame, right? Oh, man. That's just... Yeah. Should run out and get some more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Big Evil will live. Yeah. You guys are going to hang or you going to take off? We're going to head out. All right. Thank you, so thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Drew. Excellent. And yeah. Thanks for coming back and uh, hanging with us. And anybody, who, uh, yeah. anybody who stands back and has a beer with is always welcome back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll walk you guys Keep out. Up the front working? Slow but sure. We are, we are saying goodbye to our guests. Thank you. Great to see you again. It's great to see you. Yes. Bye, sweetie. Bye-bye. We'll talk. Yes. All right. Thanks, we, guys, so much. Thank you. So you'll send me the, or, well, I'll get to download the audio file. And the audio, uh, here's the thing, the, the audio tonight's show will be at the top of the page where the uh, tomorrow morning. Oh. Tomorrow morning. Oh, really? It'll be there. Okay. And so if you want your own copy, let me know, and I'll, right. I'll, I'll, no. I'll see what we can do. You can, download, you can download it from there. You can also download it from iTunes. Okay. I want to get a wrap <laughs> Thanks, guys. Awesome. Bye. Love you. Bye. You too. We are going to give AD a call, and it's, uh, it's that time to, to give him this. 
T Bone, we got to find his intro music, man. It doesn't work without that. You gotta get his intro, right? Exactly. Always, it's a pleasure to welcome our regular contributor to the show, Anthony Davis. He's a five-time national champion at USC in fo- football and baseball. He's also a two-time All-American, and he played in the NFL and the CFL and the WFL. How's it going, brother? Great, great to have you back. Doing good. Doing good. It's always a good time. Uh, let's just jump right into it, man. Uh, you know, we you, you talk about uh, players and their behavior and, and how they reflect Upon the brand of these leagues they play in, and uh, we got uh, the you know the last night apparently, uh, the Pacers from the uh, NBA, uh, Chris Copeland, and a couple guys from a couple other teams went clubbing uh, out in New York. They they're there to play uh, one place, and then uh, they were both, uh, they played two different teams. I have to look it up, but uh, Pacers and I forgot what the other team. They're there to play the Nets and the and the uh, the Knickerbockers, and the Knicks. And, and they, uh, at four o'clock in the morning, they get into something at a, at a uh, club, and uh, Copeland gets stabbed. The girl he's with gets stabbed. Uh, the other two guys get arrested for obstructing justice, uh, obstructing the police, and doing their doing their investigation. Uh, your thoughts on uh, athletes and their behavior, and, and the thing is, these guys had a game that night, and they got games today. And uh, I, listen, I we were all young, and we all did crazy things, but uh, it seems like if you got a game, and you got another game the next day, and you, you're out partying at four o'clock in the morning. First of all, if you're going to play in the NBA, the way you run them down those wood floors all night, that's one thing you need to you need to grasp. You're going to go hang out in the club. In the club. After a game, a very high tense game, and you know you got to play like that. Your body needs to rest. So these guys are going out, hanging out, drinking, carrying, and then they get in that that thing. Frankly, what I think all the sports leagues should do, even though these are grown men, and where it's headed to, if the, the leagues are going to protect their brand, I keep saying that. Okay. Yeah. I think what's going to happen, they're going to start putting curfews on these guys. Everybody. They need to do it based on what happened in New York. They need to do that now. Straight out curfew. Hey, you're in the place in your hotel at one o'clock. I think I put a twelve o'clock curfew on everybody, everyone. That would be a, that should be a mandated thing across the NBA and all the sports because look, you got money involved. You're paying these guys. You represent the brand. You know this is not the NBA hoodlum league and go hang out when you want all the time when you're representing a brand and you're doing a lot of things. You got to be responsible. You got you know you got to know what you got to do the next day. Yeah, you are you you're in a corporate situation. The NBA is a corporation, so you're representing the corporation. Yeah. So I believe the, the NBA should put a curfew on all these players. And what you do in the off season, that's okay. But even then, you need to be careful in the off season because you're still training year round. But you doing if you're playing during the year, and it's a strenuous kind of game the way these guys travel. I could. I, the first thing I would do is eating straight to the bed. Yeah, What's there's, I mean, there's there's a very well worn saying that I'm sure we've all heard at some point or another from our mom or somebody else who we value their advice, and that is that nothing good happens after 1 a.m. You know, and it's like why the Absolutely. hell? Why the hell are you out at 1:30, let alone four, 
when you sh- when you know damn well you shouldn't be. I mean, we granted we've all been tempted. Absolutely. Uh, but I mean, come on! You when you got that much to lose, I just don't understand it. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting, uh, AD, because we heard, uh, you know, in the past, like back in the day, uh, you know, Mickey Mantle and guys like that were getting in trouble for being out past curfew. So there were curfews implemented previously. Why? Why? Why do you think that ended? I don't know what it is. I don't know why. But let me let me, let me say this to you: Some tragic is going to happen, and that's what. They, and and, and, it's, and, and if the league doesn't want to take it as a whole, every individual. Team, but I can tell you, some team in all the major sports, if they see a pattern, they're gonna get rid of you. They will get rid of you. Trust me on that. Yeah. Because they don't care how good you are, but if you come a detrimental to the detriment to the team, they will let you go. And I believe with all the scrutiny on the NFL, especially where I come from, in the NBA and Major League Baseball and hockey, all I'm telling you is that. All I'm telling you is that it's going to be some changes. Yeah. If something tragic is going to happen to these guys, there's someone that's going to make these owners say, look, you know something, we got to put our foot down. We can't have this. And, and, and how can you be a knucklehead out at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning? I mean, come on. <laughs> what are you thinking about? <laughs> Let's, I mean, how do you do it? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm saying, look, I was young, and I did some super stuff, but I didn't do that. Yeah. Because I knew I was being watched. Right, right. You uh, you know, the thing is, is uh, you know, these guys, are, they're in a position to uh, to play to play a sport that they love, uh, make make a ton of money doing it. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of opportunities afforded them. Um, you know, but, you know, especially during the season. I think, you know, during the season, you know, it's just your, it's your career, it's your job. Uh, I know they, nobody goes out expecting to get stabbed, uh, whatnot. But uh, like you said, you need your rest. You got to show up the next day. You got to show up for uh, you know meetings and, and 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 films and all the kind of things you got to do before a game. And uh, it just seems to me that sometimes you have to give it, you have to be smarter than the uh, than the average bear, I guess. Look, when you're getting paid the kind of money these guys are getting paid, and when you have to perform in front of an audience every night, you got to be at your best. We know about the fatigue. We know about your travel. We know that some days you're going to be better than the next. But the thing is, when you get stories out like that, and people in the public know they're spending their hard dollars to come spend, see you perform, and they know you're doing that, that's a dent to the league. That's a dent to your brand. I keep talking brand. Hey, guys, if you listen to a, a former player, it's a thing called B-R-A-N-D, brand. <laughs> and if you don't live to the brand... They will brand you out of the league. Simple as that. Get it. And for you brothers that are hanging out like that, think about the past. Think about who who laid everything out for you to do what you do. Because at one time, there wasn't too many of you on the on the basketball court, the baseball field, or the football field. Respect your elders. Respect the past. That's what I got to say to them. And I'm sure your listeners can, can agree with that. I just I just said. <laughs> Well, you, you brought you since you brought that up, uh, Wisconsin figured out how to play, <laughs> put put uh, a team out there with just you know one or two breaths on the court at a time. <laughs> did you uh, did you happen to watch the uh, the, <laughs> the uh, NCAA? That was a great game. The championship game was a great game. Uh, Duke uh, Duke and Wisconsin played. Uh, you know, Coach K. 
and, uh, and uh, I forgot the other coach's name. Bo Ryan. Uh, yeah, Bo Ryan had some comments after the game, but uh, uh, you know, you and I and and, and, and T Bone and, and Peter here, we talked last week about uh, you know guys uh, being eligible to play at what age and whatnot. And uh, Bo Ryan, after the game, after the loss, uh, he made some statement that we are not a. He said, we don't do rent-a-player rent a, rent a, rent a thing here because I guess Duke has had a lot of players come and play their freshman year and then make it to the pros the following year. Um, your thoughts on that? And, 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 you know, one of the things, we, uh, you know, we said, you know, you, Timo and I were talking prior to the show is regardless of how you feel about Duke, you've got to hand it to somebody who is able to recruit players that are good enough to go to the pros after their freshman year and convince them to come to your, pro, come to your program. But um, – your thoughts on that game, if you watched it, and your thoughts on those statements that were made. First of all, I saw the game. It's just that Duke just out was, was, was to tell him that last, that fourth quarter was the crucial quarter of the whole game. You know, Coach K, you know, he had a different strategy. You know, guy got in foul trouble. He, he knew how to manage their time and their endurance. And, and, and I think, frankly, Wisconsin ran out of gas. At one time, they were up 8 to 10 points, right. and they blew that. So it, you put the credit to, to Duke and how they did it preserve their players and the upstage their top players and they just ran out of gas as far as that's what I looked at they ran out of gas yeah and Wisconsin yep. had a chance to take Okafor out of the game I mean he had four fouls yeah, four five, five, five four minutes fouls. left yeah, in the game exactly and and Wisconsin got cold feet they could have just kept feeding it to the big man at the post Kaminsky yeah just keep giving it to the guy. You know, the guy, the guys from Kentucky had a different name for him. But just keep giving it to the big guy in the middle, and Okafor would have been out of the game with four minutes left. I mean, four minutes left. And every time he was out of the game, Wisconsin dumped buckets. I mean, they made all of their all of their substantial runs happen when Okafor was on the bench. Absolutely. Yeah. They should have put they, the medal to the pedal, did that. And what happened, he just let this guy, and, and Coach K, kept his team close and so the guy boys came back in there and that's what killed him. That's what happened. The fourth quarter did and in the last five minutes is what did him did him in. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, the, the, the couple of those, you know, a couple of those young kids came to life. I mean, they played they played great the whole game, but they, you know, when it when it, when it really really counted, they were sinking those three point buckets and they were and they were you know they out hustled them and they, like you said, I think uh, I don't know if it was you or, or T Bone that said they, they ran out of gas. The, Duke out hustled them the last five six minutes of that game. I mean, they were they were beating them to the to the rebound. They were beating them down court. Uh, you know, Duke almost blew it when they did that long pass in, and the guy missed the layup. But they just out hustled them the the, the 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 end of the game. Absolutely. First of all, if you're going to be talking, I mean, you know, you, I mean, you're right about our. And we both we're all in agreement with this. But the bottom line is, if if you don't like what if you're making statements about one and done and stuff like that, hey. Well, you know, you and the NC2 and the NBA should lobby and sit down together and say, hey, we want, we want you to stay at least three years in, in school, and you'll stop all that talk. But, that, you know, everybody's working around the system. It is what it is. If it's one and done and they, go and they win the national championship, okay, you've got to reload. So if you don't want that, you need, you need to lobby the NC2A, lobby the NBA, and say, I, want, I, I, I demand to have these kids stay in school for three years. Well, yeah, you can't you can't complain now. As Peter as Peter huh. has, has, has said many times, and we, he and I have uh, known each other over the years. He says, you know, if you know the rules, you can play the game. And if the rules allow that, and you're good enough to to, to make that happen, then why why uh, is somebody else bitching about it? Absolutely, every it's, it's, it's the rules and the structures everybody plays under. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, come on. If you, if you have a problem with it, you get all these conferences, get all the presidents together, and say, look, we need to change the way the system is. We want all kids to stay in here at least three years, then they have an answer to come out. So, I mean, that's it. So it's, right now it's one and done, and that's it. They stopped high school, and then, you know, you need to stop that if you, if you have a problem with that. Um, shifting gears again, uh, I saw I saw an interview today uh, with Jack Nicklaus, the the, the 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 golf great, uh, and he was you know the, the, the Masters is coming up, and he was talking about Tiger Woods. He said yeah, I actually had dinner with Tiger Woods and uh, Arnold Palmer the night before, and he you know the the, the uh, interviewer asked him. You know, what are your thoughts about, uh, you know, his confidence and this, that, and the other? And, and, and Nicholas related a story that, uh, you know, I think he said 1979, he said he went through a similar thing as far as confidence goes. He goes, I couldn't hit a chip shot to save my life. He says, if I, uh, he goes, I would punt, he goes, I would putt the ball around sand traps. Uh, because I could, I didn't have confidence in my chip shot, and and he says I, I struggled that whole, you know, that year or, or year and a half or whatever the length was. He says, and then I, you know, I called somebody and, and I asked him for some help, and you know, you know, he was already a champion uh, by then anyway. And uh, he said I worked and worked and worked, and he said, and uh, he says I first first couple tournaments after that, he's like in that situation, and he says I would start to like kind of freak out, and he goes I would, would say to myself. Just do what so-and-so taught me to do. And he says, and I slowly gained my confidence back. And he said that he feels the same way about Tiger. Now, you know, he and Tiger, uh, you know, the only person who's done, had a better career than Tiger has been Jack Nicklaus. And uh, he, so he understands him greatly, and he's known him for a number of years. And he feels confident that he's going he's gonna to be back. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I've said this before. I, you know, I've been to one of the previous shows, and he contributed my 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 thoughts. But here is he, this is what I strongly believe. First of all, I think he has a lot of off the, off the, off the, the course problems. I think psychologically he's screwed up based on uh, what he went through with his personal life, with his divorce, his kids. I think he was naturally embarrassed based on all that kind of stuff. That will affect any athlete. I can tell you there's a former athlete, and I can tell you, I got a performer at the level I played on. And also, I can tell you that was coupled with his injuries, also the changing of his coaches and stuff like that affects him too. I think he's just confused based on a lot of different issues. I mean, I, I think Jack Nichols is trying to, you know, just overcompensate for what, it, what he's what's really he's really going through. This is my personal opinion, and I can tell you, you can put a lot of athletes in a room, and if you went around to each one of them and said, "What do you think was was wrong with Tiger?" Most of them started starting with his issue with his personal life. Psychologically, his personal life, his emotional stability in terms of everything, it all starts there. And I think it's a carryover to, to his professionalism on, on the golf course. And sure, I mean, does he have the ability and the talent to keep doing Oh, absolutely. But if you've got injuries, you've got a back problem, you've got a knee problem, you've changed your coaches, I mean, come on. I mean, and then the main thing, I believe, is that what he's went through personally. I mean, he's totally embarrassed. I mean that you know that weighs that weighs on a, on a person's psychic when that when that when he goes through that. So, I, so, I, so I'm, I'm I'm bringing it all back to that. Jack Nicholas, he's one of the, he's the he's, you know he's the great. Jack Nicholas, what he said is true, but you know you need to put that in there too because that's what's haunting him as well. I think uh, I think uh, that Tiger's 
biggest issues the last the last year I think have been injuries. I think he's I think he's secure in his in his family life now. He's he's right. got his kids kids out there uh, caddying for him uh, this week for the uh, par three contest. That's nice. Uh, he said that actually they're the ones that wanted to do it. They kind of pushed him back into it. They, you know, last year he said they watched it. He was uh, bedridden this time last year after an operation, and they said they wanted right. to caddy for him. Uh, so he said came came close to the Masters this year, and they started asking if they're going to do it. He seemed pretty happy about that. The interview I saw with him, and I think he's happy with his relationship with Lindsey Vaughn. Um, I think. Um, his situation right now is is whether or not his body is uh, is is ready. I think mentally, uh, and I think you know, here's a kid who you know, as you know, you played on a, on a high level, put a lot of pressure on himself anyway. Uh, you know, his dad kind of groomed him for certain things. He's he's you know, you, you played at a certain level all your career, and now you're having those kind of issues as, as well as the personal problems. But I think. Uh, he may have put those personal problems behind him, and I think it's, 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 it's his body and whether or not his body holds up. If his body holds up, I think we might see uh, some glimpses of what we uh, what we saw in the past. Well, all you got to do, Frank, first of all, you know, if, if he's okay psychologically and physically, I think you don't see another run with him. If those two are in focus. Absolutely, he can do it. But if one or two, if, if one or one or both are not right. I still say this, you know, he's going to be in a slump. He, you see, you got to remember, when he first came on scene, in my opinion, he was a beast. You know, he was, a, he was an emotional beast, and he was a physical beast. He's got to be, he's got to show that he can do the, that again, or somewhere close to that again. And I tell you, as a former athlete, if you don't have those two working, it's not going to happen. Because yeah. that's after battle. <laughs> True that, man. Uh, on the uh, on the NFL tip, we talk about uh, guys making bad decisions <laughs> and, 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 what, and, and the results of those decisions. Apparently, Legarrette Blunt uh, failed a, a a a test, and he's going to be suspended for the opening day. Uh, I know you've spoken about this many a times. Uh, you've actually uh, you made pleas to to these players, but uh, when you saw that, what did you think? He already got caught with smoking weed, and the police drove by his car, and it was coming. He he was smoking like a whole stove. I mean, come on! How many times they got somebody to tell you stay off the weed? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else he he, 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 he got busted for the weed again. Well, I mean, come on, the, the NFL policy says you can't fail the drug test. If not, so many of them you're gonna be suspended. So I don't. This is the first time he's been suspended for for uh, marijuana. Now the Steelers didn't do it when he was caught doing the first at that time. They didn't do it, and you know. And I just don't understand these guys and why. They can put themselves in that position. Now, maybe he was so happy he, he got him. And, and for you're talking about a lucky guy to walk away from the Steelers and get picked up by the Patriots, win him a Super Bowl ring, and then get caught or fail a test from smoking weed. I don't understand that. Why, why jeopardize your career when you have this opportunity to play? You know it's a short-lived thing. Right. Make your money. Do the best you can. Keep yourself clean. I just don't get it, man. Is this just a generation thing now? I don't know. This is the new trend of what goes on. I mean, don't, they realize, don't they realize that 
you got a short-lived career, and they tell you straight out, if you get caught and you get caught dirty, we're going to take you out. And I don't know how many times they're going to go. Are they going to give me too much, time, too much time like this other guy from Cleveland? Yeah. Who knows? I don't get it. Well, it's interesting because uh, there's a lot of people that work a lot of professions where they get tested for, for a very variety of things. And, and they'll, you know, they'll work that they'll work those years, and then when they're done, they they still want to go dabble. They go back and dabble. Uh, I I don't understand, uh, especially like you said, these these, these guys' careers are, are, are short lived, you know, Absolutely. on average. Uh, sometimes you seem like you can put some things behind you for those periods, of time, especially when you know you're going to get tested. All, you know, athletes. Uh, you know, you, whether you're talking about you know professional athletes or or Olympic style athletes. You know, I know the Olympic athletes, a lot of those amateur athletes, they have to they have to let the uh, committee know where they're going to be. You know, all hours of the day and different times of the year, and they can just show up and, and test them at, at any time. And it doesn't seem to me that it's, a lot of that stuff is worth the risk when that's your when your livelihood depends on it. That's your livelihood. You get muscle because tough enough. Your body gets your body breaks down if you're just drinking orange juice every day. Just getting the pounding of the NFL career of the NBA, you know, the travel and stuff of all the major sports. That alone puts a t- that, that toxins your body. But to put drugs in your body that breaks your body down is bad enough the stuff you take anyway to stay, stay, a lot, stay there and perform. But to put stuff in there that you know it's going to break your body down into short-lived that's that's absurd. That's crazy. Well, you know, another thing that's interesting, is my understanding, the NBA uh, Players Association negotiated this out years, years ago. They don't even test marijuana. Uh, my understanding there was enough guys uh, in the in the NBA that were, that were doing weed that they've uh, they, they eliminated that test from their from their testing. I could be wrong, but that was, that was a few years ago. I heard that. Uh, if, uh, you think uh, if, if that's the situation at hand, especially the way it, you know, especially you know, a lot of states it's 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 legal now, uh, medical wise. In some states, it's legal recreational wise. Uh, the, the players' association, if they have enough players that that that's their uh, their uh, thing of choice, that they don't uh, renegotiate that contract. First of all, you know, you know, the, you said the NBA said so they don't test anymore, but like I told you, if the NBA owners and the gym, NBA general manager they know it's a trend, they know it's affecting the team play and team chemistry, you're out of there. It might be legal, and you might not even you might not even they might even test you for it. And I don't care if it's a state. Legalizes if they see that you you're a detriment to the team, and they see that you're screwing up the 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 the, 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 the structure of a team, you're out of there. I don't care what the rules are. If you're not making this thing happen, if you're not putting the the best product and your contribution on a, on a basketball court or any field, they're gonna get rid of you. You know, there's always somebody to, to take your spot. And what these guys in real life, there's always somebody to, to take your spot. Don't think you're not that that person is not going. They will put you out. I don't care what the structure, the rules are. They will get rid of you. They will let you go. And I don't know what these guys, what planet some of these guys are on. But if you're smoking too much weed, <laughs> 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 and if you're drinking too much vodka, <laughs> screwdrivers, you know something. They, they will notice it, and they'll notice your play. And don't think they don't know it. And they know the people who are doing it. That's what I'm saying. They know who has a habit. Right. As long as, long as that habit doesn't affect your play, you're okay. 
But once you start breaking down and they see the trend, you're out of there. Uh, Ad, and uh, you know, as a, as, a, as a former professional athlete, you know, you you you're used to you know showing up for the game and going in your secret tunnel and going in and getting taped up and all that kind of stuff. For us fat guys that like to go to the games, we like to go hang out in the parking lot for a few hours before the game and tailgate and have a good time. Then go in the game and watch you guys play. Now, apparently the Dodgers, uh, and I know you played a lot of baseball, the Dodgers Stadium has eliminated tailgating. Um, and uh, I don't know if you've ever been on that side of it because, you know, you're an elite athlete. But uh, for those of us who enjoy that side of it, uh, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a downer. Uh, your thoughts on, uh, on the, the way that things are changing throughout the league, uh, and, you know, trying to eliminate some of the stuff. And I understand the thought process, but, you know, we have this thing in, in our society where if a few fuck up, the rest of the world has to pay for it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I understand they had some issues at, at Dodger Stadium a few times, but uh, the majority of the people that went there and tailgated and enjoyed the games and stuff like that, uh, you know, left without any problems, didn't cause any problems, didn't hurt anybody, and, and went on about their business. Uh, do you have any uh, thoughts about the, the way that, the, that these things are changing, where they're kind of eliminating that? You just you got to get up there, you pull in there, you park, you get out, you walk into the stadium, and then you spend, you know, Money on their high-priced uh, condiments. Twelve-dollar beers. Yeah. Well, I, th- I, th- I think it's a chicken and egg type of thing, a catch twenty-two. Uh, unfortunately, some knuckleheads will get out there and they drink too much, and they get out of they, they, they get out of order. I, th- I think that's what the main thing is. First, was people's safety, and the thing with the guys when people don't understand is that you know if, if you could do the right things at these tailgating before these games. And then, then you go in, and you, then you buy their twelve dollar beers, whatever beers, whatever. But it's what is it's their attitude and what they do before they get into the stadium is what they're concerned about more than anything. Now, if you had a, if you had some of these knuckleheads were straight and didn't go crazy before you get it got in there, then you wouldn't have this. And then something spills over into the neighborhood. That's another problem they have, especially up at Chavez Ravine up there, where the residents are involved, where the residents have concern about, you know. The tail, the, the pregame parties, and all this kind of stuff. That is the problem. You know, it, the, problem, it, it, the problem is that they're not concerned about the tail. Their problem is with the people who do, who get intoxicated before the game and go crazy, and then it, it continues after the game sometimes. Yeah, I understand that, but here's another thing. And, it, and it's an American tradition, so I understand that. They're trying to change that, I understand. But, and, and you know, and you know something? I think it should vary from stadium to stadium, city to city, frankly. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know how many. Games, uh, SC games, I tailgated before. But my, here's a, you know, you mentioned something, and and and, and it kind of touched a nerve with me. I, I always have an issue with people who uh, move in uh, next to a, a stadium or a, a, a sports venue or a concert venue or an airport, and uh, which has been there a lot longer than they have, and then they start bitching and moaning about the crowds and stuff that you know, that, that it attracts. Uh, and want to shut it down and this and another. I mean, we're going through that same thing with the people who are living in Santa Monica. The airport's been there for years. Brings a lot of money to the economy. Uh, you know, and then people go, oh, it's, it's, it's dangerous. Well, you move down next to a freaking airport, then you, so, you know, it kind, of, kind, of, kind of comes to the territory. And I feel the same way about that. If you move next to a sporting venue and the, the, the history of the thing is, is people, you know, get there early and they picnic. And not, everybody who goes there and tailgates doesn't get so, it doesn't get intoxicated. Period, and most people who have a couple cocktails don't get too messed up to to, to legally uh, perform what they have to perform after the game at that time and whatnot. So, I understand where you're coming from with that, but 
is when they, when they, the part about the you know, the local neighbors and the neighbor and the surrounding citizens. Uh, I, I kind of think, well, you know, Dodger Stadium has been there damn near fifty plus years, and you, and I, you have more it, than so. fifty years. Yeah, so years. so uh, you know, you kind of that comes with the territory. I mean, there are it, probably some people still living. Yeah, it might be so. Oh, before the uh, but that's like me moving next to a cemetery and saying, "I'm tired of these funerals coming in here every other week because it causes a problem." <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Well, I really don't know what's going up there in Chesley. They've been doing that shit for years. I don't know what's going to spill out. I, I think what it is is, is, is the activity is spilling outside the premises. That's that's what that's the main thing. Uh, I think you cannot do tailgating outside the premises of, of Chabrash Ravine. Well, that's true. And I, and I think what's happening is that these people are spilling over into the neighborhood, the parking issues and stuff. And I think and another thing is a lot of these guys, a lot of these people are having their tailgating party right there near the residence. It should be on the premises yeah, of Chabrash Ravine. Yeah. That's the problem. That's what they're complaining about. Now, now, and, and you know, now, if they, now, now if they're going to penalize the people that are on the premises and doing well and not doing anything. That's a different story. Oh no, you I cannot, you cannot it. tailgate There's on no more, no more, no more tailgating in the parking lot. Period. In the parking lot. Yeah. Well, you you park and I, then you get out and you walk up to the gate. Well, I, I, I think I think that's the issue. I think you've had some knuckleheads with inside of that, but I think the biggest issue it carries over outside now. They're doing that because of the few knuckleheads. That's why they're doing it. Now, is it right? I think I think you're going to deprive of American uh, American tradition that most people are used to. But it you know it always takes in some situations like in anything in in, in our world we live in is uh, you always have a few nuts yeah. that's going to make it destroyed for the rest of the people. And, I, I and think... another thing about about Dodger Stadium, they've already been you know, the Dodgers have been sued behind what happened to this this guy. At the game, so yeah. all of that plays a, a plays in, is in effect with all the situation, the decision why they did that. And in the, my opinion, the problem I have with that part because it was it was pretty clearly a reaction to what happened to Brian Stowe there right. at Dodger Stadium. And the problem well, those guys I got drunk it, in the stadium. Yeah, that that happened after the game, right? Um, right. And so I mean, you know, they weren't going to stop selling alcohol in the stadium because that's a sacred cash cow that they could not slaughter. You uh, think? So they had twelve to, bucks for a fucking. They, they had to say they were doing something. So instead, they just ruined the fun for people who didn't want to spend that twelve dollars a beer. And it's like you know, this happened. This happened at eleven o'clock at night, basically. You know, I mean, it didn't. It didn't happen. It didn't happen an hour before first pitch. It happened. Four hours after it, the first pitch. It didn't pitch. even happen during the game. Yeah. No. And but they were drunk when they came out of the stadium. They, never, they weren't. So. There's, no been, there, there's been no proof that they got drunk going into the stadium. And there's been no proof that they drunk, they, got, they drank after they came out of the stadium. They, this, this was a fluid situation. So the problem is, <laughs> was with the, ser, the, the serving of the, the drunks the within the stadium. Yeah, but I, but I, but I, but, I, but I, I agree with everything everybody's talking about. I'm just telling you that the whole scenario, before, after, on the side, off the premises, is why they're doing that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're, we're all in agreement, brother. You know, it's it's everything that's going on. It's just not one specific thing. It's everything that they've analyzed and know something to save ourselves from liability for the Brian Stokes situation. We're just not going to have it. I'm not going to have to set out and settle fifty million dollar settlement. Because some knucklehead kicks kick the guy in the brain or whatever happens, so that's a, they're looking at everything overall. <laughs> You're absolutely so right. What they're going to do is kill the tradition 
of tailgating because of some knuckleheads. That's what it is. Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, and, and Whether it's an hour after the game, two hours before the game, or whatever, they, they're just not going to have it. And uh, I, let me tell you, I, I, uh, <laughs> as I told Peter, I've seen some horrible things happen after the games right there in Elysian Park, not Elysian Park, uh, uh, Exposition Park uh, at the Coliseum when the Raiders were in town. So, uh, yeah, you're, you know, it's the thing is, is we have to we have to decide a couple things. Do we still want to uh, live in a free society, and do we want uh, do we want law enforcement or, or military personnel uh, on every uh, on every corner? Uh, because a few knuckleheads cause a problem. I think the knuckleheads that cause a problem, you don't want to see anybody hurt, anybody right. get killed or anything, but I think knuckleheads that cause a problem need to be severely punished and uh, quit chipping away at the people who don't mess up you know, their rights, this is, is, is my opinion. But we're going to move on. Um, real quick, uh, you, have, you know, AD's got a book out. It's called uh, you know, Concussion, How the Notre Dame Killer Recovered His Brain. Uh, A.D., tell our listeners a little bit about the book, and then we'll talk about where you can get it. First of all, you know, it's, it was just a book done, worked on with me and a guy by the name of uh, Jeremy Rosenberg. And, uh, and the thing that's really got me really excited about the book was a Dr. Daniel Amon, who, who, who I take his supplements for the last seven years, wrote the foreword. It talks about issues with my with my uh, my problems I had with the uh, head concussions, and then it talks about a lot of things in my life and what I did and my, some of my decisions, both good and bad. So you'll see the structure of a book and somebody talking about the good things, the structural things, controversial things about me, and it's, it's a good, fast read, and you'll enjoy it. Excellent, and you can find out on Amazon as well as Lulu, and, uh, and you can go to the front page of Swoops World and click on the tab there, take you right to the book, and, and you can go there and order it there. Uh, I know you're a big fan, a big, big fan of Northridge suit outlets, uh, and I, I've seen AD. I've seen AD when he's out and about, and he's all dappered up, got the bow ties going on and stuff, and, and we were talking this week, and he says, oh, no, I, this is the place I go to, so tell us a little bit about that place. Well, first of all, you know, they got this little commercial out, you know, these guys, he's got this, I think it's a Hispanic gentleman and two, these two brothers dancing. But the thing is, you know, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of bow ties. I have a, a, a collection of ties. Uh, you know, you might say I might be fanatical, but I have several ties, and I wear bows all the time. And I wear the biggest bows you can wear. And I get all my stuff from Northridge Island because they don't have anywhere else. I mean, I can, you know, and, and I got some bow ties, some, some special silk bows from those guys. And when I wear it and I walk in there, they're really happy because I represent it well, and that's what I want to do. You know, so uh, I advise anybody who wants to have a nice, serious bow tie, go on in there, and uh, they'll take care of you. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, AD, as always, it's, it's great to chat with you, and, and, you, and you're, you're, you're too humble a man to say it, but I'm going to say it. I'm going uh, to reach out to those uh, from his alma mater, USC. Uh, you know, those, are, those who run the system over there, this man needs his, his jersey retired. Uh, he's done more for that school than uh, most, most athletes uh, have done there. Five-time national champion, two-time All-American, and I, as I said last week, and I truly mean it, A.D., you're one of the greatest athletes ever set foot on that campus, and we really appreciate you uh, joining us each week, man. Uh, I appreciate that. T-Bone Swoops, it's always a pleasure. 
Absolutely. Yeah. We'll chat with you next week, brother. Thanks a lot. Right, Catch you next time, Andy. The great Anthony Davis, y'all. This is Satellite Sky. Got this feeling. Back after this. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute, because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Hey, over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. 
Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas, get involved, get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. This is Parker Ainsworth. You're listening to Swoop's World, where things are awesome all the time. Remember that. Peace. Mama driving, don't know why she's crying now again. And welcome back to Swoop World on the Talk Star Radio Network. We want to thank Gregory Dane Sabin for joining us earlier and, and uh, hanging out with us. And of course, the, the great Anthony Davis for, uh, for, tune, you know, for joining us each week. He's always got uh, plenty of thoughts, plenty to say, and we always enjoy having a chance to chat with him. And uh, yeah, that's good things, good times, man. We're getting close to a little bit of T-Bone's timeout. Uh, we'll, we'll jump into that in just a bit. Uh, but, uh, hey man, what's, what's been happening this week for you guys? I know you, uh, you got the kids out of school. Yeah. And, uh, you went and took in a Dodger game. Yep. And every day is a, is a thought of how to plan out what to do to keep them busy and keep them from driving you crazy, right? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what it's all about. Right there, man. That is what spring break is all about. Just what, so what is, you know. This is, this is practice for summer break. That's what this is. It is. It's a little, 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 like, okay, little, this little taste. You know, it's only a week worked, of what you're going to have for work. like yeah. six weeks. Yeah. Shit, man. Twelve weeks, man. It's, it's a whole pile of hell. Uh, that's what this is. This is like, here's how we can get through this. So, we, we did go to the Dodger game. That was nice. Uh, you know, we did stuff like... Yeah. See, your problem is, 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 is you, you, I understand, I understand it. You got two to, 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 to kind of entertain. You got one, all you have to do is shove him in his room with his amp and his guitar. And that pretty much solves itself. But then it's, it, it, it's, it's condoning him not doing anything else. Right. Right? Uh, he also reached that point where he's old enough to, he's 14, right? He's a freshman in, in high school. He, he's old enough to kind of go, we normally do something interesting. <laughs> Dad, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, he's reached that point in his life. Oh, now, now, you're interested. Yeah, yeah. now you're interested in all the stuff I wanted to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Now, this is when I'm supposed to be able to chill. <laughs> All that interesting stuff we did is because I had no control of your, you know, <laughs> pre-teen behavior back then. Yeah, yeah. So, in that way, it's sort of working against me. They screwed up their website. Um, yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. It just, uh, this one's going okay because we got, we got things to do and we didn't have anything big planned. It was just lots of little fun things to do. Nice. So we're, we're managing. And, and going to the game last night was nice. Um, as, I, as I mentioned much earlier in the show, uh, the shit was coming down hard enough as we were driving through downtown LA. I'm like, oh my God. That was, just, that was just to make sure nobody tailgated. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I was. This is Hollywood, man. They can make it rain any day they want, anytime they want. <laughs> it was the third game of the series. You knew they would have started that game at like 10 o'clock, right? Yeah. Just to get it in. Yeah. But since it was the second game of the series. Yeah, we'll put it off tomorrow. I, I could have, you know, that, that was my big concern. Like, uh-huh. as I'm driving. This, I mean, seriously, this stuff was too. Oh, you didn't text me that. You got to these yeah. tickets are too expensive to uh, get yeah, screwed out of the game. Way <laughs> too expensive for that. Um, so I'm glad it got played. And as I said, once once the uh, once the rain stopped yeah. by 7:40, we didn't get rained on. There was not a drop of rain. There was a bunch of puddles around the stadium, but there was not a drop of rain. So it was really interesting. It was quite intense, which is not not what we normally get here, right? right? We we normally get those sort of like storms that. <laughs> you know, linger and drop, and that's what I was expecting. So that was nice. It was nice to get it done. The downside was uh, it made because we did we do we don't go often. So when we do go, we want to you know we show up early. We do the whole kids like to shop. We eat. You know, we do the whole big thing. And uh, um, man, it was crowded. Because <laughs> everybody else had the exact same idea. They're like, well, we'll get there early and we'll eat. And so I was like, oh. And we're eat. all going to stay under the cover of the concourse until the rain stops. Until the rain stops, yes. Yeah. I, I've been in those tunnels. Uh, no, I actually, I read a little something interesting that Detroit has done for a long time where any any years where Detroit opens the season at home, the Tigers play the first day, and then the second day they don't have a game scheduled because the weather up there in April is so, so awful fickle, yeah. that... They found that when people paid the premium for opening day seats, half every you know every other year they open at home, and every other year out of that, the game had to be postponed or delayed or whatever because the weather is just a pain in the ass. Yeah. And so people who bought tickets for the second game ended up getting that opening day experience for a lot less money. So they said, you know what? Let's let's just let's make the second day. The backup day, That's just right. in case. <laughs> so, so they actually... I've seen it. It's totally different, man. It's Detroit, right? Yeah. I just figured if you scrape the money on the first game, because the economy's bad there. there. You know, the next day, you got to take back all the bottles and cans to buy a ticket for the next game. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Detroit. Don't write letters. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's, making a, it's, it's springing back. Man. A lot of guys will be invested in it. Like Kid Rock and... Uh, there's a there's that bicycle shop, uh, Shinola. I think they're out mm-hmm. of Detroit. So there's yeah. a lot of people invested in Detroit because you know warehouses are cheap right now. Yeah, it's got to go up, right? Got to go up. <laughs> Peter's a big fan of Detroit. Family, family, uh, you got family there. Nobody, nobody actually ever met, <laughs> except for my dad. <laughs> and he won't go back. <laughs> he hadn't been back in, it's in 68 or something. 68, that's the last time he was there. <laughs> he left a dude. And, and there were riots going on, right. he went back. He said, I'm out of here. <laughs> no, I'm not coming back, that's what he said. And he did, he hasn't. Yeah, yeah, I've been there since, uh, I can't really blame him. <laughs> My bad. Go ahead. It's all good. Um, you know, I heard, also heard yesterday that actually, I might have heard this this morning that this was like the in fifty-three years of baseball at Dodger Stadium, this was like the seventeenth game that's been rain delayed. That's it. 
I know they have the current uh, <laughs> the current streak yeah. of non rain delay games. One thousand two hundred and twelve. Coming signs. into yesterday, yeah. it's like those um, union sites. Yeah. One thousand two hundred twelve yeah. days since the last injury. Which is <laughs> about, that's about eight years worth of baseball. Twenty uh, two thousand. Uh, you're talking actually. That's full seasons. It was so. two thousand two or something yeah. like that. It was the last time they actually had a and a complete rain delay. Out. But oh, rain out. Complete rain out. Not a rain delay. They've had some of those, but like complete rain out, like canceled. Uh, and then since since. Baseball has, you know, they kept these records. The Dodgers have the fewest, even fewer than the, the percentage-wise, even fewer than the Padres, which you wouldn't think. Uh, but the Dodgers have had the fewest rainouts ever of any team. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge Dodger fan. I'm, I'm a Yankee fan, but I, I do watch baseball. I do like to see Dodgers on TV occasionally. I would have watched them play the Padres. Where the hell are you watching the Dodger games anymore? I mean, you got to get the I Time mean, Warner cable, man. That's not much of crap, man. I, can't. I mean, I why, agree. we can't even get it here. Man. Why, first of all, we can't get Time Warner cable no. here. Uh, we can only get Verizon or Charter. And why can't they just put them on Channel 11 or KTLA or whatever the hell they used to be on? They do like five games a, a year now. That, like that's that. like, like ten, maybe. You know what? Whatever. It's a they, they, small they, they want to know why people. Why? That's why baseball is dying. Baseball is dying. That's exactly why baseball. Put is dying. it on TV for free, like the NFL does. It's not that hard. Yeah. Screw you. At least league. once a week, your team should be on TV for free. Absolutely. Especially Absolutely. when you play a hundred and sixty games. Exactly. Exactly. Give me a break. Yeah. You're playing minimum five games a week. Who's, who's the commissioner these days? I don't know the new the new commissioner's name. The new guy who's taken over just. In the last month or two, I think. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. Pull your head out your freaking patoot and put the games back on regular TV at least, as the voter says, at least once a freaking week, man. Even even as big of a debacle as this thing with the Dodgers and Time Warner Cable has been, the rest of the teams have made so much money off of this new arrangement. Like, the Dodgers are the first case study where it's actually been a failure in terms of what they thought it was going to be. I mean, mm-hmm. they're still making an ass no. ton of money at this point. As far as Dodgers are. You can, here's, here's the thing. <laughs> you can make an astronomical amount of money, but if 10 years you don't exist, what good is it? Seriously. This is, I mean, this is guys, American business, man. You guys, We're looking guys, at bottom line guys, this quarter. You guys need to freaking look What is long term? <laughs> this, this quarter. Long Last term. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. You guys need to look long term. And yeah, if people, no. can, if people can't watch, watch the game, you're going to continue to lose people. Exactly. And instead of thinking about those kind of ways to keep fans... They're talking about gimmicks like, oh, we're going to put a pitch clock out there and say you have to throw yeah, a pitch yeah, within the next yeah. 30 Screw that. You put the game on TV. The batters, I, I sat there. I watched the game last night. Game was three hours and 40 minutes after the rain delay. Yeah. And I watched the pitch clock, and it made no difference. It was, it was guy, just bullshit. A, guy, bullshit. a guy's routine is a guy's routine. And their routine is already and you still saw, set. And you still saw hitters. Put in their hand up and stepping out, but they kept their toe in the box. Right. But they still had their hand up, and the umpire still stood up. And it's like, so, yeah, his foot's in the box, but that's a formality because the umpire still essentially stopped play until he's ready again. I mean, change is slow to come to games like this. We need to play your uh, intro, man. We're, we're, oh, deep, yeah, in the, hey, we're <laughs> deep into the sports, <laughs> sports talk. 
Yeah. Yeah. We got to do things right, man. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know we that sound? It's time for sports with T-Bone's timeout. Or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's timeout. Oh, yeah. Baptized, baptized by fire in sports tonight. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were talking about weather and baseball in Southern California in particular, a place that is short on weather these days. And so, as much as I'm sure folks were frustrated with the delay last night, I don't think there was a native Southern Californian in the building in Dodger Stadium last night who was legitimately upset that there was rain. Uh, I think everybody was pretty okay with the fact that water was just falling from the sky. Just free water! Yeah. Um, but it brings up some fun quirks about this this baseball that we play, you know. It's, it's, baseball. A diff- it's a different sport than all of the other professional major sports here in America. Um, well, most basketball and hockey are indoors exclusively. They don't stop other- those for rain. No, I mean, and even, actually, we had an outdoor hockey game last year where it rained during the game. And they kept playing, and I'm sure it was an absolute shitstorm for the players. But uh, I mean, they played. Yeah, this ice but, is really slippery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, then I'll stop. I think when it gets wet, it's less slippery. You hit the brakes every every now and then. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they don't stop football or soccer. In, for in football, in soccer? you just. Well, I said the major sports in this country. <laughs> 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 T-bone, right? <laughs> that's letters to T-bone. <laughs> I have a but, Hall of Famer in my list. That's true. Long <laughs> Beach. Um, but you know, football of both the American and international varieties, you play it outdoors in a big old piece of grass. But you can play it if it's raining. You can play it if it's snowing. You can play it if there's lightning and thunder and hail. Um, but baseball. When you get just a little bit too much rain, that becomes a really, really unplayable game. Yeah. And I, I know from experience, having pitched in the rain on a couple of occasions... What does it do? What does it, what, what does it, uh, yeah. uh, it makes you hit the batter in the face with the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that game just got more interesting. It was a great... I laughed. I was like, honestly, because I... I was sitting there up on There's the mound. There's your spitter. There I am. I'm on the mound, and I'm like, I got rain coming down into my eyeballs, and I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. But you know, and he's got rain coming down in his eyeballs, yeah, and yeah. he can't see what the hell. And it was going. a Saturday, and so they were like, we got five games to get in today. Oh, geez. you know, like we we got one field for the whole town. We got all the teams got to play today. We're playing unless it rains hard, and I was like, oh well. I guess we're playing. And I just uncorked one and it got away. And... <laughs> Back to your dugout. <laughs> and, you know, these guys are professionals. They've, they've thrown in every condition you can imagine, but it's still, I mean, baseball is a game that's just not quite the same as all the other ones. It's I mean, not it's, that it's way. A little, yeah. It's just... It's a little different. Right or wrong. It's just, it yeah. just can't quite be played. You're, you're throwing it, what amounts to... You said, when it reaches that point. And what is that point? It's You don't know it until you see it. It's but like the Supreme Court's definition of pornography. What I do know is I need to put damn games on TV. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's something where the NFL is kind of figuring out, like, this blackout rule. It's, it's the one thing that's hurting our popularity right now. You know, players beating up their wives. Minor bump in the road. Um, 
concussions and lawsuits, minor bump in the road. But when our fans who don't get to pay to go to the game can't see it at home, they throw a huge bitch fit. That's been the biggest, most thought-out change that the NFL has made is two years in a row saying, yeah, we still have this rule on the books and we're allowed to do this, but we're going to suspend it for this season. We're not going to black out games if teams don't reach whatever their sales percentage is. And in baseball, it's not even a, it's not even a, you sell the game out and then it'll be available. It's, in the case of the, let's, in the current case, the Dodgers, yeah. <laughs> you have to have Time Warner Cable to see 95% of their games. To get the Time Warner Sports Net LA, the channel that they created to show the Lakers and the Dodgers. And if you live in parts of LA where you cannot get Time Warner Cable because your municipality is serviced by a different cable provider, just 70%. For instance, 70%. Yeah, for instance, here in Long Beach, we get Charter, which is. But, or Verizon. Mm hmm. Or uh, the dish, right? Yeah, but if if you want, but even then, if you want cable television, you right. know, in heavy air quotation marks, you can choose from Charter or Charter. If you want to get other forms of television, official television delivered to your house, you get the Verizon FiOS, or you get Directv or Dish. But this this is where it's truly criminal is the fact that cable TV is already this weird mini monopoly where they've all agreed it's giant collusion across the country where they've oh, all man. agreed oh we get I get this territory and I get to be the only cable company within this fucked up gerrymandered boundary and you get that territory and so we never have to compete so we against each can other all charge whatever we want to charge and if you were going to be you know if you wanted to be an asshole and say I'm going to make a, a new network that shows this team and I'm going to make it exclusive to cable subscribers you could kick the door down and say to all these cable subscribers, you don't have to keep compete with each other, so you can all have my channel for $7 a month. But they didn't even do that. They said, this cable this cable provider, that's the only one that gets it because it's their homegrown, homespun thing. And so, you know, people who live out of market in baseball terms get to subscribe to this thing called MLB TV, where you pay directly to Major League Baseball. You say, you know what, I live in, for instance, Iowa, and my team is the Mariners. They're not on TV in Iowa because, you know, it's Iowa. But I'll give you 125 bucks, and I'll get to watch every Mariners game all season long unless they're playing 100 and 62. Unless, somehow, they end up playing the Iowa in Cubs. Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's my issue. That's and, that's and criminal. The that's thing, thing criminal. Is, 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 is no sport is going to survive if if people are required to pay to watch it one hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. you know you know realistically to go see a game live, you know go to go to an event and see it live. It, the price point these days, most people are priced out of it. You know, generally speaking, the majority of fans are priced out of it. Well, you know, there, a lot of us go. And when we get this opportunity to go, but the number of fans versus the number of people who actually show up at a park, pay to park, pay to get in, pay to for to, to eat, and and if you have a family, as well, you all know that well, that's times X number for, of people, right? For one person to drive to Dodger Stadium and go to a game, you're looking at a minimum of thirty dollars. 
You start well, talking. Person. You start and talking you about the cheapest, cheapest, yeah. cheapest, cheapest seats. seats, right? Yeah. And the thing is, is and so because they say you take that away. Okay, so I can't say a I can't afford to go to a game, but I can always watch it on TV. We're not going back to listening to it on the radio. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, you know, I, we were sitting in the yard. My dad had the transistor radio on, listening to Vince Scully. Still, man, I've been listening to Vince Scully my whole entire life. You know? <laughs> Vince Scully called the games, right? He's calling games. Long 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, that's a long time. That's a long time. time. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, we're not going back to that. And so the thing is, is if people can't watch, it's, you know, watch, you know, we always talk about, we, you know, a lot of times people say, you know, it's not fair to people in certain income brackets, right? People of all income brackets are fans of sports, right? And that's, and Especially that's, teams like the Dodgers who've been around for right. a long time. And so if you price yourself out, you, you've lost those people yeah. as fans. And they lost interest in your in, in, in the entire well, league. More importantly. They've lost interest in that sport. Yeah, yeah. And, and even more importantly, because all they care about is dollars. Right. right. More importantly, here's the thing is, I watched opening day. I don't own cable. And even if I did have cable, I can't get Time Warner cable. We can't get Time Warner cable. But what I did do... You called was, T-Bone and go, what's up? All right. I pirated. And, you know, was it, was it... Kiss perf- my ass. Was it perfect? No. Hmm. It was jittery at times, but I'm old enough that, first of all, most of the Dodger games I have followed, I had to listen to a radio. Because when I was a kid, 25 games or so got played on free TV. Well, and I had to... I remember even... At my age, as a kid, being the youngest kid and having to fucking hold the antenna and tweak right. it, and I couldn't even see the damn TV. And, and that was the next point I was yeah. going to make. Is so here I'm watching this jittery TV, and my my kids are complaining. I'm like, you don't even, you don't even realize. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. First of all, you're watching this jittery TV on a 55 inch TV. I had to watch this on a 12 inch TV that was black and white, and it was a hand me down. So half the time. We didn't know what was happening, except for the fact that we were listening to Vin Scully tell us what was going on on the screen we were watching. So there's a certain amount of, like, I'm not, I'm willing to pay some bucks, but I'm not willing to pay that much. And if I can watch a jittery, for me, like, it was a better screen than I had when I was a kid. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't mind. Didn't bother me, and and if it gets really bad, it gets really jittery. I will do what I did when I was a kid. I will listen to Vin Scully call the game on radio, and he doesn't call the whole game anymore. Yeah. Um, but even uh, the the, the uh, Bobsy Twins there <laughs> do a pretty decent <laughs> job of it. Uh, They've made a huge. A huge miscalculation, yeah. I think, uh, and I don't think they're the only ones because. In, in New York, they went through this, too. Uh, I think other teams are, are, are pushing through this. Um, they, as Swoop said earlier, they've, they've lost, or you did, one of you said, is they've, lost, they've lost their place to mm-hmm. think that 162 games people are going to pay for. It's like there was a time when you could get a bunch of this stuff. It was just it was either free on the radio or free on the TV, and... Um, they they they've lost perspective here to think that people are gonna pay a pile of money. Uh, yeah, the internet is. It makes it really not necessary. Not necessary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I 
I pay $125 a year to Major League Baseball because then I can watch Padre games when I would like to. Right. Because we're out of market here. But I, I didn't get to watch any of these games, Padres-Dodgers games, opening weekend black legitimately. Out. Yeah. It's Even though good. today's game was on ESPN2. And I get watch ESPN because I have my, my old man's direct TV subscription. <laughs> uh, but because we live in the L.A. area... Even though the game was broadcast on ESPN2, not here. Blocked out on the interwebs. And it's just, that kind of pissed me off because I, I was going to watch the game you guys were at. Yeah. Right? And, you know, I have cable. I mean, I don't have Time Warner. We have Verizon Fire. You're bad. I can't get Time Warner. But here I'm thinking, okay, buddy's at the game. I'm interested, right? You know. I'm, I'm flipping. First thing I do, silly me, is go to Channel 11. <laughs> and I go, well, it's not here. It must be on 13 or 5. Back in the day, right? <laughs> yeah. TLA, man. And I'm not on the deals. I'm trying Channel 9. Yep. And it's not there. Oh, Kate like, Cal had them every day. Yeah. yeah. So now I, I hit the, so I go, okay. Now I head over to uh, the cable sites, right? Yeah, hey, ESPN, there's plenty, plenty of games. Dodge might be there. And I'm going to Fox Sports West. And I, I realized. This friggin', you know, don't, I'm not a dummy. I mean, it only takes like three seconds to do that. I could have looked up to see if they were on TV, but um, they're not on TV. So now I'm like, well, screw them, right? You know, I, I, I checked a couple times because I want to know if you're having a good time or not. If you're getting blown out, I know you're not having a good time. You know? <laughs> That's just me. But, uh, you know, anybody who's just like a Dodger fan, and I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm a baseball fan. Right, I enjoy baseball. I watch teams that I don't. It depends on who the players are. You know, I watch a team that I'm not a fan of because they might have a player that might put one out the park or somebody. Somebody's got a no hitter going or something. Mm-hmm. I want to check it out. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't see any of that crap, no. man. And it's just nonsense. And so you lose interest. And, and I and I started thinking about that last year because we were talking about stuff. And I'm like, who? Who's that? I don't. I don't know that guy because over the years you start to lose interest. Yeah, you don't it follow it. It makes it harder to follow. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Whereas with the NFL. We know all the guys who are suspended for drugs and all those other fun and things this year. I watch at least two games a week. Yeah. And yeah. in, in two of those games, uh, uh, listen, it ain't never the Raiders. <laughs> so it's teams I'm not even fans of. It's teams I just want to see guys play. I like, I like the sport, you know? So MLB, you're screwing yourselves. Yeah. Long term, man. Look past your nose. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. It's a dirty, rotten shame. Yeah. Scoundrels. Scoundrels there. And I, I had this thought in my head where I was likening it to uh, Disneyland now, where you know they can charge one hundred and six dollars for people. And that's the last time I went to do one person to go into there. You were like twelve years old. That's why. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> but it, but you know Disneyland, there there's nothing. Even though they introduce new things here and there every now and again, you know there's. Disneyland is all about nostalgia. Baseball is about nostalgia. Oh, listen, I love I loved them both. Yeah, I love Disneyland. I love this, uh, the baseball. But, but but you know, I don't I don't feel the need to keep current on what the new attraction is at right. Disneyland because it's like it's a hundred and something dollars to go. Next time I muster up some money and go, I'll be I'll pleasantly surprised. <laughs> but until then, if something comes and goes before then, oh shucks, I missed it. <laughs> That's the truth. Where and. Baseball, they just don't get that point. It's like, 
I remember a time in my life where I could tell you every team who won the World Series from like the year I was born until whatever that year was, you know. And it, the last ten years, I think like crap. Who won the World Series last year? Who won the World Series the year before that? Like I don't know. There's years where it's just like, uh, and you know, even though the world, the, Giants, the World Series, yeah, even numbers, the Giants. <laughs> God, what the hell? Let me get a chance. But you know, even though the World Series is on Fox. You know, you can watch the World Series. See, I, the build-up to it, half, half the playoffs, any, half the playoffs them, are yeah. on cable. TBS. And, yeah, and, yeah. you know, at least it's ESPN. not Time Warner cable spe- exclusively. But still, it's like... If you don't have cable. What are you, what are you doing? I don't understand it. The NFL gets this a lot better. A basketball, lot better. even though basketball puts the uh, playoff games, half of them are on cable. Even more than half for basketball. You can watch them for free on the internet. Right. The NBA is like, hey, you don't have TNT yet? You can watch it on our website for free. Baseball, it's like, oh, yeah, these games are on TBS. And suck it. Oh, and if you bought the MLB TV, $125 for the whole season, you still have to pay another $5 for the postseason. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, baseball's... They, they're definitely, I think, going about this wrong. And I think it's going to bite them in the ass because the thing is, I can afford the cable. I can afford MLB. And I could change my, uh, uh, I can make it look like I don't live in the area. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and you want to pay, I got to pay 130 bucks for that? Yeah. No, 125 bucks, whatever it is. I, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. It just pisses me. It's it's not even that I can't afford it. I'm just bothered. I'm just pissed at the idea that that's just, yeah. just wrong. My boss called me yesterday wanting to know if I had any creative <laughs> ways for him to... You get a lot of those calls. Yeah. For him to watch the Dodger games in high def. We have all... And I was just like... With questions of You know, <laughs> and he had some some site that was going to charge him like $5 a month. And I was like, honestly, dude, I know if you're already paying $120 or whatever for that, you, you feel like this is a slap in the face to have to pay another $5 to watch the one team you actually want to watch. Um, but there's really not any good free way to do it at that point. Even though it's another $5 a month, it's just an insult. Yeah. Because yeah. of a stupid policy that's, like we all just said, it's short-sighted and it's greedy in the worst possible way. It is. It is. It is. When people say, oh, yeah, I, I, a lot of times I, I cringe when we go, oh, such, such. Corporate, corporate greed, greed, yeah. But this is freaking corporate greed it's, right here, and man. It's, and it's idiocy. <laughs> and it's finest. <laughs> and and, and we, we've talked a lot of times in the past when we talk about football and rule changes that they're introducing over the last several years. It's like Roger Goodell and the NFL don't own football. Right. They're the custodians. At they're, the the high, current, they're the highest level custodians, custodians yes. of a game that belongs to everyone who's ever played it. And, you know, there's a lot of people who disagree with a lot of the changes that have been made to that sport. But we still feel like we have some kind of emotional investment in the game in one, at one point or another. And, you know, we all have different levels of interest in the NFL and college, football or whatever. But baseball, you know, we've all played this game. We all feel like no matter what kind of ass clown is in charge, baseball <laughs> is still part of our heritage and something that we 
care about in some way. And it pisses us off to see people just run shit into the ground. You know? Well, and along those lines, just just like you're saying, we've all done this. I don't know. There's there are teams that have been around for a hundred years. So these these are teams that not just one person, but families have cheered for, like generations. You know, I mean, <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. hundred years. Exactly. Uh, years you're absolutely right. You talk, and I, all of a sudden now we can't watch them. I have friends. I have friends because we don't want to, or we can't. Like we all have. I'd be willing to pay the five dollars that fucking Time Warner wants me to pay. I'd be willing to pay that, but because of the deal they brokered, it's not possible. I can't even. I can't even give them the money. I am definitely willing <laughs> to give them. It's like. How, what are you doing wrong? Yeah, here's the thing. Places in, again, New York, New York. The Yankees went uh, two years with the... The, the yes, yes Network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was living there when that all got kind of brokered. And I was like... And I, I didn't... I didn't lose any sleep because I was no Yankee fan, but I was like, "What? I just what is wrong with you?" I just I was living there, and I was like, I saw these people, silly man. I was living there, and I saw these people who had the same reaction that I'm now having. Like, Why the fuck is this happening? And then I, I was like, "That's because you're a Yankee fan," but no, it's because you're a baseball yeah, fan. Yeah, it's, that's it, it. See. We think this is the individual teams. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's not, not a it, Dodgers it, problem no. or a Yankee problem exactly. or a Cardinals problem or whatever. That's it's, the it's problem. It's a baseball it's a problem. Baseball it's a baseball problem. problem. These guys have got it wrong. They because have got it if, wrong. And they're, they're hurting themselves. If you're... Listen, even and they like, want to do we, all we, these we, gimmicky listen, things. We go like, back, oh, we're we're going to we build new fields in the inner city. But we can go back to talk about football. You know, football, we talk about the blackouts, right? I'm a, I'm a Raider fan, right? Raider fan, Raider games get oh. blocked, blacked out, blacked out because they don't sell enough tickets. Whatever, they get blacked out all the time. That doesn't stop me from watching football. I will watch. I watch. I love football. I watch football games every week during the season. Generally, two ga- a minimum of two games. You know, I mean, I got a life, so otherwise, yeah. I'd watch them all. <laughs> and there, games. and I think there are two things that factor into that. But Go ahead. the bottom line is. I would want. I'm, I'm an admitted Yankee fan. I live in LA. I'd watch Dodger games that were on TV. I'd watch Angel games that were on TV. I watched games. I watched the freaking Cubs play the Pirates or some bullshit. I used to watch the Cubs all the time <laughs> as a kid because we got WGN. WGN, <laughs> exactly. So, and the great thing was, is their day games. Or our early yeah, it's like early I just years. got home from school. Yeah, exactly. I get to watch a Cubs game. So I get to watch Harry Carey. <laughs> yeah. And I can't believe that Ted Turner and whoever owned the Cubs at the time figured that out. And the rest of baseball now is just so boneheaded about the whole thing. It's like, put it on TV for everybody, and you'll get a buttload of fans. The Braves and the Cubs. The Cubs have not put a competitive product on the field in 100 years. They've they've got people who've been fans their entire lives. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, their and ballpark's they, tiny and... And they have a ton of sellouts, and yeah. they have huge TV revenue. Huge. Huge. Someday. <laughs> and, you know, lovable losers so aside, the Braves have been a fairly good to great franchise for the last 25 years. For sure. And what what do they both have in common? That they managed to get fans from the East Coast to the West Coast. It, 
Here's my biggest fear. It's put fear. it on TV for everybody. Fear. It's obvious. I, I watched I watched Hank Aaron break Bay Ruth's record. I watched, you know, there's so many memorable, important times in baseball that we saw, or, you know, at least I saw as a kid, right? You know, now I get the little notification. Someone's got a no-hitter going. I just got to wait for the next notification to see if he completed it or if he got somebody get ground single in the eighth inning. And you know what's so crazy? Because you don't get to see that. Like, you know, there are a couple of reasons for what I'm about to say. A couple of reasons why this is a a little bit of an outlier. So, who is the last Triple Crown winner in baseball? Cabrera. Yeah. Miguel Cabrera won it with the Tigers last year, the year before. First time in 40 years. First time in 40-some years because Carl Yastrzemski... Yes! ...was the last Triple Crown winner back in, like, 62. Saw him play at Angel Stadium. Something like that. Um, 68, maybe. But long-ass time ago. Long enough ago that... I remember as like a seven-year-old getting in, interested in baseball, knowing that Carl Yastrzemski is the last Triple Crown winner. And it's it's old like, record. And it's like every year, who's gonna? Is someone gonna do it? Yeah. He said, "Who's the last Triple Crown winner?" Winner? I got no idea. Secretary. I'm thinking, is he the secretary? <laughs> and and we just had a Triple Crown winner for the first time in fucking forever, and it was like. The only, com- the only commentary we had on it was from all these new sabermetric stats guys who said, well, the Triple Crown isn't really that big of a deal. And it's like, <laughs> it's a huge freaking deal. It hasn't that- happened in forever. It hasn't happened since any of you pencil neck pussies were alive. <laughs> There's a record that they were actually for a long time saying won't ever happen, National yeah. League or American League. Yeah. No one will kinda, ever kinda do like, that like again. like the 400 hitter, right? Uh-huh. It won't ever happen again. That It was in that category. And here's a guy who did it. This should have been, you're totally right. This should have been super newsworthy. This and baseball been, has so utterly fumbled the entire thing. Because why? That I said how can you fumbled. Give it, how can you get, That's how badly they've boned yeah. the whole thing. I just used how the football metaphor. How can you get interested yeah, like in that. a team? I saw that right there. I, I how, how can you get interested in a team that you're not going to get to see any of the games? You're not going to see. Exactly. Exactly. You know, especially since in the middle part of the country. It's like, if he had done that in New York. Maybe, maybe it would have happened, but he did it in Detroit. Well, it's like opening, opening day, somebody had a no-hitter going into the eighth inning. I don't remember who it was. Which is very unusual. Yeah. That's like, only guys get pulled so like, That's pretty freaking cool. You know, like, and I'm trying to find it on TV, and I couldn't find it anywhere. It just, yeah. Oh, screw it. Screw, screw you, MLB. Baseball's doing it wrong, They're I think. doing it wrong, and It's going to hurt them. You have will, not been very, very good to me in the last 10 years. I will not feel bad any time I go to the interwebs to... Believe me. Satiate. Neither did I. I. I've got over that. I, I, I had some uh, t- what you tep- depredation in, in the beginning, but now it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh. Maybe Kiss my fun, ass. Maybe we're Kiss the fun ass. Pacquiao. Kiss what? your ass. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Where are we at, bro? Uh, <laughs> all right. So we got to talk. Briefly here about are the Kings still in it? Actual sports. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we pretty much covered lawyers and sports. We went cut pontificating. We went to the solving MLB problems. They don't want their problems to be they solved. Want, yeah, no. They're about, they about want money. they want hundred and fifty dollars a ticket. That's yeah. You know what? And then you know we're gonna have a bunch of those 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 baseball stadiums are gonna end up like the football fields and the local parks are gonna end up soccer fields if they don't get their shit together. What? Yeah, I'm just saying, man. Not that not that there's anything wrong with that. 
got a Hall of Famer now. So. <laughs> Did I mention them? No, <laughs> I was talking to my kid yesterday, and I was like, so give me the, give me the scoop. Of, uh, actually, today I was talking about it. Give me the scoop of this whole Hall of Fame thing. Is, is there like a plaque in the, in the school? Somewhere? He goes, yeah, Dad. I said, where? He says, it's like in like where all the trophies and stuff are. There's, it's a plaque, a big giant plaque, and it's got you know the little the brass things where they put people's names on it, and just my name's on it. I'm like, cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> Make sure they spell it right. Yeah, well, I'm sure he already checked. <laughs> oh man, the Kings are in trouble. They're not. Yeah, elim- they're, they're, they're not they're, eliminated. They're almost eliminated. You're, they're not eliminated yet. They blew it yesterday. That's what screwed. Yeah, them. they lost to Edmonton, and they're in a heap of trouble. God, defending uh, champs, man. And you know that's the thing they've they've been in the playoffs the last three years. They won the championship back in 2012, and then they had a lockout. And so in a short season, they made the playoffs in similar fashion in thir- in 2013. I mean, like, tw- and granted, in 2012, they had to win like 20 of their last 22 games Something to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and they did. And they did. And they did. Yeah. And then they went on to just blow through people in the playoffs too. And then the next year there was a lockout. And so they got a slow start. I mean, they they started slow the season before. I mean, in 2012, Daryl Sutter wasn't the head coach at the beginning of the season. They canned a head coach like a month into the season and brought him in. That's the worst thing. And he took him to the house. There's there's the Kings had like I'm watching some ESPN thing and. Barry Melrose is up there. I think I think Barry Melrose used to be a Kings head coach. He, he did, yeah. <laughs> he sure did. Like six years. Yeah. He came in solid. Came in yeah. the year before. He took him to the, or, the, the. He's the first one to take him to the, to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, they lost. And I went. But, yeah, I went to a game that, that year. That goes back to like 90, 92, 92. I know because I was traveling in. I was traveling in Europe at the time. I, I was like trying to get a hold of that because I was. I, know, a fan. I haven't been in a long time. I, I, I used to go to a ton of King games when Gretzky played for him. And I tell you, one of the most talented athletes ever. I watch a lot of sports and a lot of outstanding athletes. And Gretzky was just an amazing freaking athlete. Man. And, 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 and you got to realize, when he was playing for the Kings, he was on the downside of his career. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this guy do things that are just amazing. I mean, making people that's, look like they're not even skating, man. It's just Amazing. I he threw in another couple of years with the Rangers yeah, at the yeah, end, I think, yeah. just just just, you know. just to get both big markets, you know. But so the the Kings yeah. this year they started they started actually all right, but they oh. you know they fuddled around in the middle. This is a team that thrives on playoff hockey. Well, and they don't, they don't, they don't, and they don't get excited about regular season games. I think yeah. you know because it's a whole different environment, it's a whole different atmosphere. It's well, a different game. It's a, it's, it's, it's two seasons. Yeah, it's not, it's not two parts of a season. It's two separate seasons. seasons. Yeah. I mean that's the way the NHL. Set you play up. it to get in, and then it's this a whole a different long thing. Season. And, and then, the the intensity in a playoff. It's a long game season. Game is so different. Yeah, yeah, it is because especially if you go deep in a couple of series, you're talking about four series to get through it all. I mean, it's you can play you can play twenty twenty five twenty eight games of playoff hockey if you really want to. Yeah, <laughs> or if, you, like if the other plan, team really it can wants happen, to. Yeah, yeah. So it's 
the Kings are in danger of not making the playoffs for the first time in three years. More four years. That. Four More years. Because they, they, they made it before, but didn't advance, right? I think I... They had a, lo- a little string of like making it but not getting far. Yeah, so it's it's been a while since they haven't made it at all. So yeah. it's a it's a but that's they're on the precipice of that right now. And they're the defending champs, right? They are. That's not good. Not a good thing. Um, so what 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 do they got to do to uh, the Kings need? God, and there's hockey standings are really <laughs> just points. It's like, what am I looking at right now? You can't look at the wins and losses. That's irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> the points, points. situation oh, well, is points. just... Right now, in the Western Conference, you've got Minnesota and Winnipeg in line for the two wild card spots. Uh, the Kings are the the odd man out right now in the West. Yeah. They're the they're the first team out in the West, and they're down three points to Winnipeg. And let's see. Three points with how many to play? Uh, they've got. Do you know? Two. The Kings have two games to play. Kings are out. And so do the Jets and the Wild. Impossible. So with two games tough. to play, they got three points to make up in two games, and they've they've lost two in a row. So. But if they can win two in a row and get... They need Winnipeg to lose. Let's see if they've got... They play Calgary tomorrow, and then they play San Jose on Saturday. Let's see who Winnipeg plays. And I can't even believe that Winnipeg is a factor in any conversations. It's a long time. Yeah, I mean, they just got a team back last last year, year before. What what are we looking at? Oh, good times. Look, 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 who's here? Look, who's here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Rockin' and rollin'. Well, Calgary and L.A., whoever loses tomorrow is officially eliminated. And then Saturday, they'll probably need some help. They'll probably need the Winnipeg Yets to lose tomorrow and Saturday. So. But in theory, if they can win their last two games, they, they have a decent chance. Yeah. A, a, a plausible chance. Perhaps. If they can win in regulation, because I think that's a different... They get an extra... Oh, yeah. You're right. You get, like, one point for a overtime win or loss. It's basically like it's that, basically yeah. a tie. And you get two point Or you get three points for... I don't know. Hockey points, I've gotten confused. They've changed the... They've changed this, the way they do the standings over the last few years. But either way, they, they've, they've got a lot of work ahead of them. They do. And that's the way they like it, you know. They yeah. like to be back into a corner, which, uh, who am I to judge? <laughs> <laughs> who am I to say? But hockey's about to get uh, a lot more interesting. Uh, basketball, the NBA, I can still care less, but... College basketball, the most exciting part, came and went. Uh, nobody here in studio came out on top in the T-Bones timeout. Who won Swoops the... World March Madness bracket pool shenanigan. Uh, Peter had a good run at the end. He did I, have a good run. Peter, Peter's magic coin got him back into the top four. It did. And it got him close. Into the finals. To, yeah. If, we, if Wisconsin had won, I would have won the whole shebang. Yep, you absolutely I would have. Got those would have. Thirty points, 
And that would have. And the person who won you know, would not have gotten. Those I think 30 I, points. Peter, exactly. it was Peter, close. Peter's been close. studying some voodoo, so I'm pretty sure that's some voodoo, <laughs> that voodoo magic. Man. <laughs> it could be. Man. I can assure you, it was all random. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is, Swoop ended up beating the one and a half. <laughs> you know what? Both is. <laughs> Blow me. Are the words of Celeb uh, Ida? <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> you came out just behind last year's uh, champion. So, um, so who won? Uh, this year's winner was Fabian. Fabian will be re- re- winning some uh, Swoops World swag. Swoops World swag will probably be uh, arriving. Uh, give me about uh, two weeks. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give Cafe Press time to do their thing. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, thankfully, I went and talked to him today already. I actually dragged him along to L.A. with me, so I made sure he was not going to you know, up, be upset if he didn't get his spoils like tomorrow. Yeah, it, yeah, it takes it takes a little bit of time. He understands that, right? Yeah. <laughs> we laid it out for him. Yeah. Uh, uh, is he, uh, uh, oh, afterwards, I'll talk to you. He, he picked Duke to win, which you can't fault a guy for picking Duke to win, but... It's like pitching the Patriots. It's like lowest common denominator yeah. shit, man. It's like, really? Might as well pick Kentucky. <laughs> oh, Wisconsin? I don't know. Wisconsin, I don't think Wisconsin's ever won it before. They bent. I said it in jest. I know. Who was, who was, who was his name? That was hilarious. <laughs> oh, God. He goes, oh, shit. Uh, the mic was on? <laughs> Uh, I just said that? I just said worse uh, things. That was Kaminsky, uh, was the guy played for uh, Wisconsin, and they asked one of the guys from Kentucky, uh, "Hey, what do you think about Kaminsky?" Uh, and then one of the other guys goes, "Fuck that!" <laughs> <laughs> but he thought he had his hand over his mouth. He thought he, he thought, thought all his buddy was going to hear it, but his mic was on. Oh. <laughs> so he's like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like next week, next day, he's like tweet like a motherfucker. I'm sorry. I am so I am sorry. So sorry. Hot mic, hot mic. <laughs> hey man, if it can get you know world leaders, it can get basketball players. So. Get everybody, man. Uh, good news, we all finished in the middle of the pack. Peter was fourth. I was fifth. Swoop was ninth. I'm going to count that as the middle because it's <laughs> at the bottom. Middle-ish. Technically, you finished in front of two brackets because one of them got a zero. But uh, as should happen in a situation like this, none of the employees of Swoops World International uh, were eligible and or won. We the used the word employees in the loosest, loosest manner. Loosest manner. General terms we should, possible. You know what we should say is volunteers aren't eligible. <laughs> Thankfully, our contracts are not public records, so they can't be accessed with freedom of information. Exactly. So none of you guys will ever find out how much we make off the show. No, how matter, how much people, in, no matter how much people keep asking, it's none your business. None your. So, uh, We're like those uh, executive CEOs. You won't know until the bonuses kick in. Then we have to release that information. By then, it's too late. <laughs> I received that $142 million bonus. <laughs> a nice, nice golden parachute. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to get fired and make like $50 million. Yeah, 
That or a blowjob. 50,000. <laughs> Shit, man. Right? As it stands, I mean, it's going to happen and I'm going to get nothing. So. Yeah, at least that. Yeah. Well, if the leader of the free world can get it, we'll get it. Why can't we? <laughs> yeah, Peter, destroy that blue dress. <laughs> She's back with a vengeance. <laughs> back with a vengeance. She's, come, she's coming on to the view right here. Exactly, oh, man. man. <laughs> she looks better now than she did back in 98. So I give I give her a lot of credit. I give her personal trainer a lot of credit. Maybe he, maybe had, some the, time. Maybe he had foresight. Some maybe he had some foresight. He goes, you know what? Someday. So I'm going to be there first. So you'll always remember me. Foresight? I, I get the feeling he wasn't there first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get the feeling he's like looking at H and look at her. He's like, cash up. Like, <laughs> this is not a long term. <laughs> yeah, what, what you talking about, love? Cash <laughs> You may go now. <laughs> Something about you don't pay them to stay, you pay them to leave. <laughs> I'm going to pay myself to leave. Oh. Once again, another edition of T-Bones. China. You are listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break. Come back and wrap things up. This is Corey Joseph Clark. Don't let him eat you. Oh, wait. <laughs> Don't let him get to you. Back after this. <laughs> well, they'll get you for doing whatever you do. Oh, they'll get you for just being you. Well, they'll get you for all that they never could do. But don't let them get to you. No, don't let them get to you. Well, it's hard enough as it is. For the honest and true. Without somebody judging and criticizing your every Doing whatever you do Oh, they'll get you for just being you Well, they'll get you for all that they never could do But don't let them get to you No, don't let them get to you Well, I'm no fool and I can learn from
acting like they're better than you. Well, they'll get you for doing whatever you do. Oh, they'll get you for just being you. They'll get you for all that they never could do. But don't This is Mark Anthony Farad, recording artist, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. Music is one of the most important things in my life, but nothing is more important than life itself. So choose a designated driver. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. As a former model, I used to walk runways all over the world. Paris, Milan, New York. This is Salif Diara. As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa, every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it needs to go. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hi, this is Barry Rolera. You're listening to Scoop World. Exactly. We want to thank uh, Gregory Sabin uh, for joining us tonight. You can check him out at GregoryDaneSabin.com. Uh, he's also got a show here in Long Beach uh, running through Saturday. And uh, it's on Pine. What do you say, 821? Something in that vicinity. Yeah, uh, Ethan Pine. Uh, check it out. Uh, I'll, if you really need to know, send us an email or listen to the show. He actually puts it on the show. But you can send us an email, and we'll, we'll drop you a line exactly where it's at. Or uh, I know it's listed on his website also. You go to uh, Gregory, Dane, D-A-N-E, Sabin, S-A-B-I-N, dot com. Check him out. Good guy, great art, and uh, a great little exhibit he's got going there, and 25% uh, of that goes to charity, so you're helping out Food Finders, which is a, a really good cause here in, in this area of the, of the world. Uh, let's see, next week, no show. No show next week on Swoops World, uh, but we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, we will play one of our uh, one of our favorite shows next week, so you can get a chance to listen to something if you missed it, and we'll promote that out when it comes up. Uh, let's see, last thing we do, I want to thank Anthony Davis, as always, uh, for joining us. Uh, we always enjoy 
having AD on the show. He's here every week. And he, hang on just a second, real quick. Uh, I got to ask people. What do you call those guys? Uh, uh, those, uh, contribute to the donors, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we want to, you know, AD's always uh, here with us, and he's always uh, gives us his insight into sports and professional sports and, and his experience as well as his thoughts on things. And for USC donors, uh, I'm going to hit you up on this every once in a while. Or every week, you know, because we know we have we've had some donors uh, that have been friends of the show, and we know donors listen to the show. And you need to put a little pressure on that school to retire that guy's jersey because he's done more on those those few games, not not those few games, but those those seasons he's played there. Or the great, they, 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 you guys have already admitted there was the greatest seasons that season ever had, and what he did uh, in those games against Notre Dame's have never been replicated by anybody in, in, in uh, collegiate sports. So, hey, retire this damn jersey, man. Team on what do you got going the rest of the week, man? Not a damn thing. Any great words of wisdom for the listeners? Don't whiz on the electric fence. <laughs> Peter, I know you still got a uh, spring break the rest oh, of the remainder yeah. of the week. I got some kids to entertain for a bit longer. Uh, uh, you know, it's words of wisdom. You're talking to the wrong guy here. <laughs> well, as we like to say, dream as if you'll live forever, live as if you'll die today. That's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Thanks for listening. Good night, all. Good night. The views and opinions Peace. expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.